0: The following is an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation. Welcome to Pirate Radio Live.
3: You can paint
4: this with purple.
0: Now live from the Pirate Radio studios in the heart of the Pirate Nation, here is your host, Clip Brock. Hey! And welcome in
2: to a Thursday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Clip Rock here with you inside the Pirate Radio studios. Coming to you today on Pirate Radio 92.7 FM in Greenville, 104.1 in Washington. We're on 1250. We're on 930. And you can listen to the show online at pr927fm.com. We are also live on Facebook Live and on YouTube. You can watch the show there. And uh, chime in and be a part of the show with your comments, questions, concerns, birthdays, anniversaries, any announcements you might need to make. Uh, we do have a birthday that we'll talk about momentarily. But uh, let me welcome to the show, Shirley Rhodes, who is back in the producer chair. Hello, Shirley. Hello, Clip. Chandler Honeycutt back in his video production seat. Hello. Thank goodness. Hello, Chan Man. And Mike Mullis is here inside the Pirate Radio Studios fighting through it. Hello, Mully. Hey, buddy. We will uh, talk to Mully. Uh, We got a big rundown coming up in just a moment. Coming up later on this hour, we'll talk some NFL and more with Jeff Nadeau, the big man on campus. He'll join us to maybe give us a play for tonight's uh, Hall of Fame game. Got some preseason football tonight. Uh, so it's something to watch. Not gonna be that great. We know that, but I'll be tuned in at least for the uh, first quarter of it. At four o'clock, we'll talk all things football with Emery Hunt. Uh, he is on CBS Sports HQ uh, sports line as well, and he covers FCS, FBS, knows a lot about the NFL. We'll talk pirate football, the American. Uh, look around the state of North Carolina and get his thoughts on a lot of football talk topics coming up at four o'clock. The new dad Stephen Igo joins us around four thirty as we'll talk ECU fall camp. No media availability today. Uh, we will have some audio and video from Mike Houston on Friday, uh, but no media today. We'll have some cuts from Mike Houston uh, in this show and some comments from Holt Ayler's and Jaquan McMillan from aac media day got that later on and then in the five o'clock hour troy d will be here and former pirate phoenix evans who uh is at uh, epps middle school the uh the former ecu player now coaching and doing a lot of things so uh looking forward to catching up with the old pirate there phoenix evans in the third hour all right uh Mully, we'll uh we'll kick it off with today's rundown and ecu fall camp day two of practice today kind of said it before we went on the air it's going to be a a long month of saying, oh, practice went pretty good today. Guys looking good. They're yeah, are in a good shape. Day. It's really, honestly, no news is good news season. Yeah, we just want to be healthy. No injuries. Just no want to be healthy. Arrests, no right. None of that stuff. Uh, but, Shirley, uh, let's hear a little bit from Mike Houston after day one as uh, he talked about the team's youth and the team's depth. Cut 10.
5: Well, You know, for the first time since I've been here, we're gonna take the field with 85 scholarships, you know, and because of the COVID seniors. You know, that first year, I think I played with 72 or something like that. So, um, you know, that whole deal is going to benefit us. Um, You know, it's great because now all of a sudden, you know, Jason Schuford played a lot last year, and he's got five years to play for. Now is he going to be here that whole time? I don't know because you know those guys are going to graduate you know before their eligibility is up now. Uh, I'm just happy we've got him here now, but I do think you know for the program overall, this whole mess is going to benefit us roster management wise. Um, I know you've seen a lot of stuff coming out of other other places around the country about you know how they're struggling to manage their roster because of this, um, and that's going to be an issue with the high school recruits and having enough places to go. Uh, in the next couple of years, but for us, uh, it's going to be something to help us fix everything.
2: So it can be beneficial. It can be a detriment, Mully. There's going to be some interesting conversations across the country with coaches and players when they want to bring in this five-star guy, but they still have this junior on the roster because he got the extra year. and And how do you manage it all? Uh, a lot of lot of questions there. No, and I, you know, the the uh,
6: the, the mysterious transfer portal. Uh, is going to be even more act- even more <laughs> active and you know continually active. I, you know I think it's going to change uh, some of how you go about recruiting. Uh, if you're a um, if you're a major school, do you still go into the depths of like the freshman uh, stud? In other words, you can almost not have to recruit as heavily. The younger guys let them play. Uh, you know, into the later years of their high school career, kind of sit back and see what happens, knowing that there's always going to be, at least for the
2: next
6: little while, going to be really good players coming through the portal that maybe upgrades over what you've
2: got. Yeah, and and I've heard also uh, somewhat to that point, uh, people ask why are these five-star quarterbacks going to Ohio State and Alabama? Well, it makes sense, but there's four other guys just like you there and two of them are going to transfer to other schools. Why not just start out at a where do you go a smaller power five a bigger group of five no
6: i I, that's not the way if you're a five-star athlete that's not that's not the way you're thinking that's not the way you you, i mean
2: however two
6: years later you're at a different spot Oh no! And we, you you see it both ways, right? Yeah. You see the guys that that go in play, you know, play as their careers forecasted. They come out, everything's great, and then you see the guys that bounce around. and I think you know it's when you get a kid of that caliber, it's going to come down to makeup, and it's going to come down to um, the 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 mesh of the culture, uh, and, and it just doesn't work out sometimes. And it doesn't matter if you're a five star or a you know a, a two star. Uh, sometimes it just doesn't you know just doesn't pan out. So I you know. I, it'd be really hard to convince me if I was that talented of a player to hey let's go to uh, I don't know you know we talked a little bit like last week you know go to Mississippi State instead of going to Alabama if you got a
2: chance I you know I don't I just don't see it. Mike Mullis joining us on the uh, inside the Pirate Radio Studio Shirley let's hear cut thirteen speaking of QBs how did East Carolina's quarterbacks look on day one?
5: Well QB one had a good day so uh, I mean but he's God he's almost as old as I am that's what I told him so. I said, uh, you, the savvy, the savvy vet out there. So, uh, and then the the young pups. I mean, I, like I was talking to Mason during stretch. I was like, you know, last year at this time, you were inside having some kind of a, you know, nervous breakdown or something or another because you just, you know, eyes that big kind of deal. You know, he was one of those freshmen last year. Uh, Stubblefield was too. But uh, now all of a sudden, you got Flynn, you got Stubby, you got Mason, that they all have that experience, uh, and so at least they don't look like that nervous freshman in his first college practice. You know you look at you look at walter i mean kid with a ton of ability and you know he's he's just still trying to learn how to function out there so um i think fine for day one uh until until we have start having a few more live bullets i wouldn't put too much into it though
2: all right yeah got to see a lot more than one day but uh right now molly Holden is the guy and there's still a question of who's the backup i, I think they want it to be mason garcia right. obviously but uh, right now, holding the guy uh, leading the charge there. You know what? And there's, uh, coach said something
6: there that's uh, not much credit is given to the fact of the just the the, the getting used to the the acclimation process of a freshman. Uh, it don't matter what the sport is; they're trying to figure out wh- wh- where do I where am I even supposed to be, and and that starts from the you know the beginning of the day until you know what the routine is until they get into that routine there's a lot of thinking extra uh, maybe even unnecessary thinking that takes place and he, you know he he's right i've i've been that guy with a new team and you're like all right what what what's how are we supposed to go about doing this? And I've also coached those guys where you're like, hey, you know, you kind of put your arm around them go, hey, it's still, you know, it's still baseball in my case. Uh, just relax, play the game, and we'll, we'll get you where you need to be.
2: Well, we saw that firsthand with Mason Garcia having to start against Navy last year. Right. It just wasn't ready. No. It also reminds me of Mike Houston year one when – he was saying, and, and a lot of new coaches and new places will say this, but he said our guys have to learn how to practice before no. they can learn how to play.
6: And it's not even a matter of learning how to go through the drills; that is definitely a uh, a big part of it. But it's it's truly like learning where uh, where's my place in the locker room, because there's a pecking order to all this that's kind of behind the scenes, and it's understanding where you fit in that deal, and and how do you um, how do you tastefully and tactfully. Uh, aspire to get out of that role that you're in to get into the role that you want to be in knowing that you got to pay your dues so i mean there's a there's a lot more that goes into it and i know it's got to be uh, great for the staff to have some experience out there
2: we got a number of pirates on watch list this off season. mike houston was asked about guys like rajay harris making preseason watch lists this is cut 12 Shirley.
5: to a degree you say it absolutely means nothing because i think it is maybe a little bit of a distraction maybe because uh, the last thing Roger Harris can do is start thinking he's arrived. Because if he does, then yeah, he's going to look up, he's going to be watching somebody else play. Uh, so I think it's important for, for our guys to keep their edge and not, not read that stuff too much. Uh, that being said, in 2019, I don't think we had a preseason anything. So it's good to have uh, you know, guys on your roster that uh, you know, have the ability to be on those lists
2: good to have recognition at the end of the day who cares nothing's proven yet so no it is interesting mully and you were a uh, a former player but a former coach too to to hear coaches say we don't read the headlines and all that yet if it's a slight against them Boy do they read oh, yeah. that and use it as motivation. So you pick and choose I think what you read, right? Yeah, it's almost like there's like when
6: when you go into the coaching profession uh, at any level, it's almost like you you get brainwashed or there's something like you, you hey, you got to read this book or you because that coach speak stuff becomes so easy. And it just, I mean, it's just like I kind of giggled a little bit. Coach used to watch, I hope he doesn't read this stuff and think he's arrived. because And that was a not a shot over the bow. That was a redirection. That was a, hey, let's not worry about this stuff. Let's go
2: out and take care of what we got to take care of. But I found it interesting. He'll be watching somebody else
6: play. That's, that's
2: coach speak. I I almost single-handedly took down ECU football one time, Mully, when I went out to practice and told Josh Hawkins he was on the mid-season Thorpe Award watch list coming off the practice field, and he said, I am? Really? I am? And got this huge hop in his step and then like played like crap for four weeks in a row. Nicely To done. the point where Rick Smith was Don't like... Don't
7: tell him that.
2: Josh Hawkins had a case of the big head after he knew he was on that list. Thanks to
7: Cliff Brock.
2: Yeah. Look, I, I have been coaching a game, and I won't name the player, but it,
6: this was during American Legion Baseball at Guy Smith Stadium uh, mm-hmm. during the uh, Major League Baseball draft. You know how it, how it was oh, previously. Right. Yeah. And had a player get drafted during the game and the PA announcer and this was a very late draft pick uh that the makes the announcement you know over the over the loudspeaker as my guys kind of stroll into the plate uh that he had been drafted by the San Diego Padres and I just looked up at the yeah. and I'm like you know hey, th- l- l- you know that's great we will we'll be excited about it after the game or come let me know that that this is happening you want to make this announcement and i may make a lineup change but I you know let's not um Let's
2: not put that out there right Yeah, that's, uh, that's a big guy to, going out on his own there. That's
6: a lot to carry to the plate with you. Calling his own play. Hey, man, I've been drafted, and I'm getting yeah. hit. I mean, I should hit a home run for sure. Strike three! <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. Yeah, I should hit a home run right here. Maybe I can hit a five-run
2: home run. It's never happened in the history of the game, but maybe this is the time. Oh, man, good stuff. All right, so uh, we might hear more of Mike Houston. Also got some Holden Aylers and Jaquan McMillan from American Media Days as well. Mully, um, uh, let's get a minor league baseball report. Had some Pirate fans, I know, in attendance last night in Durham. To see Alec Burleson play as he has moved up to the Memphis Redbirds Triple A. We talked to him on Monday and Shirley uh had one hit last night, right?
1: Yeah, he went one for four, but uh that one hit uh was a double. So he has uh had two consecutive hits and two consecutive uh, excuse me, two hits and two consecutive games. A hit um, in
2: every triple A game he's ever played. There you go.
1: Yep. So uh that that is a definite uh good start for Alec and uh unfortunately the Red Redbirds lost to the Durham Bulls last night six to three, but uh, Burley did get another hit.
7: He also had a great defensive play, and I believe they have him playing center field.
1: Yeah, he's been playing a lot of outfield. Um, I think that's where they're going to eventually kind of, um, you know, as far as the position he'll play if he gets called up. It's likely he'll be outfield.
2: Molly, I don't remember. I I keep saying this. I don't remember him being like plus power heading into professional baseball and he certainly wasn't known for flashing the leather and again i've only seen highlights but he's done a heck of a job in the field from what i've seen so yeah no uh, he's uh, yeah i probably more than what they would have thought to, i think to so. be honest with you and you know he
6: he I think kind of like Coach Houston alluded to earlier, th- this crazy stuff could have been good for him too, you know, to have some time, uh, kind of time to work out, time to be away, not play nearly as many games as he would have already played at this point in his career. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I you know, I think he made the most of it, and obviously he's making the most of every opportunity that he's being given right now. Uh,
1: Shirley, anything
2: else? Uh, we had another promotion, right?
1: Yes. Uh, Jake Washer, who had been uh, with the South Bend Cubs, uh, got called up yesterday to uh, the A ranks. He'll be playing for the Tennessee Smokies, which is uh, the A affiliate of the Chicago Cubs. Hell, the way they um, sold all
2: their players, he might be in Wrigley. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. right. Um,
1: so, uh, look, uh, that's a, a great promotion for Jake and because uh, he had been playing pretty much all season in that uh, low A. Or, excuse me, hi And And um, so he's uh, he's done well, and um, so he'll have an opportunity. I don't know. They are scheduled to play tonight. I don't know if he's in the lineup yet. I'll just keep an eye on that because sometimes they post the lineup, sometimes they don't. So I'll just keep an eye on that. And if that's the case, I'll make sure I share it. But uh, So congratulations to him. And Mike Wright uh, pitched last night for the Charlotte Knights. Uh, they played the Gwinnett Stripers um but unfortunately they lost five to one uh mike was off to a really good start he was like five and zero oh at one point um and then uh, or excuse me four and zero oh at one point and then uh he uh, lost a few games and unfortunately he got handed the loss uh last night as well so he is six and five on the year he pitched four innings uh allowed three hits or excuse me Three runs on five hits and then struck out five. So he's still getting uh, his numbers, but unfortunately, sometimes gets saddled with a loss. So he's six and five on the year.
2: All right. uh, Shirley Rhodes with a minor league update. We'll keep up uh, with what is going on with the Pirates and the Pros. Let's get an HV3 update. What the hell's the barracuda championship molly that's yeah. going on in california right now. yeah it's now. a tournament okay it is what it is uh harold joined us and said he might be off until the wyndham which is next week i think that's right uh but he is playing in this tournament in california and if you know anything about our thursday harold updates you know that he loves being like tied for 46. that is his spot he's plus one he's kind of right there in the middle uh the leader of this tournament. Uh, right now is ooh, and is this a different scoring format, Mike Mullis? Because at tied for first, I'm seeing plus twelve.
6: Yeah, they must have the Stapleford.
7: My goodness! So what is that modernist. called? The state uh,
6: It's the Stapleford uh, Stapleford scoring system. So how it's do you like get points? You get a. Uh, and I don't know how they. It, uh, probably a point for birdie, birdie. Two, I, yeah something like that I, uh, maybe two points for birdie i know the, the way we play the point system on a modified basis you get a point for bogey two for par three for birdie but uh the big boys don't need need the points for bogey
7: until you explained it i was going to say i need to be in that tournament <laughs> yeah
2: no <laughs> well right now john daly's in last at minus eight hey so it, you could look at it right hey good job john he's like <laughs> no don't no. shh uh, but uh so yeah, different scoring system for this one. But Harold is uh is gonna need a good day on Friday to stay in this one. Uh and then he'll be in front of his home fans coming up uh for the Wyndham. Which uh you said you've been to Molly? I've been to the golf course, not you okay, in that tournament. action tournament, yet. Yeah. All right. Uh next up on the rundown, the Field of Dreams game That'll That'll be coming cool. up, That's coming up, Mike Mullis. Cool. Now, what does the stadium look like? Is there actually is there an actual like cornfield or is there a fence and stands? I, and I don't I,
6: I've seen the kind of the overheads, um, and, and it's not at the actual site of the Field of Dreams movie. Yeah, it's it's like. I want to say it's like 40 miles down the road, but I, I think it's pretty much in the middle of a cornfield.
7: Yeah,
2: and
6: uh, it's a pretty neat setup. Yeah. I, you know what? And I dig when they do this stuff. Like they did the one at, uh, what, Camp Lejeune one time. And they, oh, yeah. And then my favorite one is the one they do uh, with the Little Leaguers at the
2: World Series. So uh, pretty neat stuff. I like the uh, like the like even the lights. Like it might have a darker look on TV yeah. or something yeah. like a classic field. Yeah,
7: so they'll have stands because when I first heard, I thought they were going to play on the field uh, that was represented in the movie and i was going to say where are they going to have pe- like are they just going to have people stand like it's it looked like a uh, like a little league
6: yeah i know <laughs> <laughs> and i don't think they're having many fans i, I don't think the, I, the and
2: the stands are only yeah, it, it looks stand, like a minor park. It no stands beyond the fence. I think
6: it only holds four or five thousand or something. I mean, it's not a big number. It's speaking of, of of fields that have been transformed. I mean, it's amazing to see what's going on at uh, yeah over at Elm Street. I mean, I rode by there. I, I quite frankly ride by there a couple times a day just because it's. Uh, it's pretty cool to watch uh, what they've done, but I—I I mean that crew with 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 Weingartz and Scooter and that—and I, I know you guys have been talking about it, had them on the air, but they what an amazing job they're doing over there. And, and it's not like anybody should be surprised; uh, it is their standard
2: uh, mo. But pretty yeah. cool. And uh, they begin action, the Softball World Series at Elm Street Park next Wednesday. Little League team, Molly, uh, Little League All-Stars in Greenville play Friday. Play tomorrow morning. On ESPN Plus. Yep, 10 o'clock. At War- in uh, Warner Robins, Georgia. Yep, so, actually, uh, Bram and the folks at Tiebreakers are going to open up and have a little uh, late breakfast little deal brunch. at 9.30. Yeah. Watch party. Yeah, that's so, pretty cool. That's yeah. cool. Have to check that out. All right, uh, and finally, uh, the Hall of Fame game. Football is back. Football is back. We made it through the summer, kind of. Uh, it is a, a preseason game. You are not going to recognize a lot of the names, but as we said earlier, you are going to have Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth. I would imagine. So that's going to the, the ears are going to perk up a little bit about you know when you hear those guys. You are going to think it's Sunday night. Yeah, like I am. <laughs> well, to,
6: you know, there should be some folks there too. So I mean, it'll be a little more representative of getting back to true. to fans in the stands. So, I, you know what though. I wonder what the hey, i'm sure you, what there's a line out there somewhere the number of players that are that will play tonight that will actually make the active roster i, I wonder what the what they i mean it's got to be less than what 60 percent because right
2: now the nfl changed it a few years ago you have like 90 some they got a bunch of bodies out there. on your roster yeah. and they do one major cut wow. to 53 rather than the dwindle yeah. down so you got a ton of guys there's
6: that, a ton of dudes hanging out that are like well this will be fun and you know i get to wear the the, the union and go out and do the deal and this may be it but
2: and there's always a, a preseason star that ends up making it tell like you victor cruz came out of nowhere yeah. with the giants and we were salsa dancing for three so years after that the, ca-
7: the cowboys have uh hard knocks this year and i believe one of the, the that's th- right the second time the first or second time they had it danny Amendola was uh that's right he was was a, was uh, a, a training col- camp darling yep yeah.
2: hmm. yeah. it's a good call a boy channel uh hard knocks i believe premiering next week either uh i want to say wednesday you don't know, want to say the last time that the cowboys had it they
6: had that uh danny Amendola guy that came i was chandler. Oh, good i was called molly i was chandler and ah chandler.
7: Oh,
2: good you know you hadn't had a chandler in a while yeah i was chandler and you know chandler. i don't chandler,
7: know how people chandler. would impersonate me but just chandler's
2: chandler. chandler. yes correct uh that, <laughs> so, that, that was a good impression thank you buddy you are you taking any kind of pills to are you staying sharp doing pre- crossword pre- puzzles?
7: puzzles coffee
2: coffee okay it's for closers I yeah heard.
7: but now a lot of people tune into the hall of fame game obviously because it's the first football action we'll see all year do you obviously. think it, do you think people Good call. Do, you th- <laughs> <laughs> do you he think did a, go channel on as, that
6: one he did we went right back to do it. you
7: think as much people would tune into the enshrinement ceremony on saturday is that as big of a deal to the football game
6: first off let's address this i don't know if as much but as many uh would be probably correct and i uh I Molly, we don't do
7: that on this show i would we not do that i would all day.
6: i would not imagine that as many people will watch Children there's a that, lot of,
7: there's a lot of big names in there. It, it doesn't matter they
6: get up there and just talk forever
2: Is peyton manning
7: peyton manning
2: it depends on if your guys doing like if you're daryl green or whatever like i'd watch a redskins guy but
6: right. see I, I yeah but I, you're more way more hardcore about stuff than i am
2: but i have no interest here and in, like i've heard peyton manning talk a million times he's great but I'll just watch a clip online or something. I mean, like, it, there's a certain point where there's okay, we've got enough Peyton. I mean, yeah. we, we, Peyton he he's already pl- the face. Well, of so what? many businesses you're getting more this year? Did we? Uh, were you here when we were talking about? Uh, no, it was Big Dog. It was uh, there's going to be like a simulcast on ESPN two with the Mannings during Monday Night Football. I you know I taken did, uh, away from their Monday Night Football audience, although it's all ESPN, right? But that uh, that kind of intrigues me. i don't know all right let's get a break in we'll come back can you hang out a few more minutes Sure. (laughs) thank you sure sounded very man i'd love to All all right more with mike mullis when we return on pirate radio live on a thursday after this
0: hour one of Pirate Radio Live. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local. Print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at University universitiesportswearenc.com. Now, back to the show.
1: Welcome back. Grab your amigos and head to Chico's for the best Mexican food and fun in Greenville. Come and enjoy favorites like shrimp tacos, steak and chicken fajitas, burritos, enchiladas, ACP, and more. Follow Chico's on Facebook and Instagram for daily updates. For Mexican food and fun, it's got to be Chico's for dine-in or to-go. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here is your host, Cliff Brock.
2: All right, back with you on Pirate Radio Live here on a Thursday. I'm making some uh, lifestyle changes, and one of those is adding a Hawaiian shirt uh, to my closet. And it is uh, waiting for me when I get home while they put the order in earlier this week. I got it ready to go. And I believe tomorrow are we all going Hawaiian shirt? We I'm are, going Hawaiian shirt. Yep,
1: we are all going Hawaiian shirt.
2: So there you go. Okay. I you,
3: think big
1: yeah. cash, cash Fridays. <laughs> Molly
2: will not be here,
6: but No, no, no. And I probably won't be wearing a Hawaiian shirt. Not if I were here, I would. I'm a team guy. You are. If anything if nothing else.
2: <laughs> what you got on right there is pretty beachy.
6: Pretty beachy? Well, I don't think that qualifies as Hawaiian, though. Typically <laughs> we'd have to have some type of pattern to yeah, it to be. Right. Flower. i mean you could wear this shirt in hawaii i think you'd be okay i don't think they'd yeah. kick you out but nah. i uh, nah. i would not qualify this as an hawaiian shirt but thank you for the inclusion
2: <laughs> uh so that's exciting we'll do that on friday
1: yeah that'd be pretty cool
2: had a uh, sports trivia last night chandler how'd uh your team fare
4: yeah
2: <laughs> you were there uh up until round three yeah i wanted to ask mully the baseball question uh miguel cabrera Has 43 multi-home run games. That's the third most in Major League Baseball since 2003. I'll give you a clue here. The other two players are from the Dominican Republic. Uh, One is active. One is retired. Manny Ramirez and uh, active guy. Old Cardinal to
6: Dodger. Cardinal to Dodger currently? Yeah. I mean, who isn't with the Dodgers? (laughs) Albert Pujols uh, is the guy. You know what? It, I cannot see him as a
2: Dodger. I mean, I see I, him play weird. as a Dodger, but I cannot see. What are the Dodgers doing? And by the way, Manny's teammate was the other answer there. Ortiz. Big poppy. So. What um? What are they doing? What do you mean?
6: That is Clayton McCullough. You need to text well, no, I got it. But they're, they're
2: like stockpiling old folks. Are you talking about the Lakers or the Dodgers? Both. <laughs> I mean, Ma- it, was like, it sounded really cool. Now
7: how did he, ten, he do i didn't even look he had at ten his strikeouts last night in his debut oh
6: scherzer was lights out but I, i'm more talking like cole hamels oh yeah that was strange and oh.
2: then i mean pool holtz was kind of strange and he's not even part of the normal everyday lineup right, no. i don't think so uh on that note mully the i don't know i don't think my braves will be a part of it i'd still think the mets are going to collapse but it might be the phillies
6: man there'll be nothing more met they didn't get their first rounder signed how about that? Kumar Rocker. Yeah. And then for the Yankees to get into the playoffs and the Mets not to get into the playoffs would be... I mean,
2: that is just the most Met like thing ever. It's trending that way. By the way, the Mets, uh, three outs away from losing to the Marlins today. Um it's but comical. I don't know if my Braves will be in there, but the playoffs this year will be amazing because what the Dodgers, Padres, Giants did, what the White Sox did, Red Sox and Yankees always are active. They added. It's going to be like seven all-star teams out there in postseason play
6: i tell you what we need some of these east coast teams to tighten up a little bit or we're gonna be seeing some really really late freaking world series games you do
2: know, you like watching stuff. it it's kind of like when the super Bowl's out there uh night baseball and it's light on the tv i, I mean i don't mind it. it's just so late well, they'll still start it at a normal time. Well, some, well you, they might push it back. It, the it, yeah, I'd but say, yeah, no, I don't. It, maybe nine twenty instead of eight. That's correct. Yeah. It, it doesn't bother me, but it's like
6: you know, I yeah, it's. But I, I'd like to see some, you know, one of these East Coast teams catch fire. But I, it's it's almost a foregone conclusion. I mean, matter of fact, I think what they should just do is play around robin
2: with the Dodgers, the Giants, and the Padres, and just you know let them let them fight it out. NL West is uh, is crazy this year with the, what the Giants are doing. Mully, um I don't think I have any more baseball topics. wanted to ask you, though, so the Olympics, you've been watching it all?
6: yeah, eh. Some, yeah. Same.
2: Um, the, I know baseball
6: plays tonight in the gold medal game or whatever time, 6 o'clock, maybe tomorrow morning or something. I think
2: it's Saturday at 6 a.m. Maybe it is, yeah. So I you, just, you, yeah. And by the way, I would like to catch that, actually. They're in the gold medal game against Japan, mm-hmm. right? Um, Who beat them earlier, if I'm not mistaken. They did. But the golf – so the golf in the Olympics – it's just like your regular basic barracuda championship it's just uh well except they score traditionally that is true why don't they do like people love the Ryder cup right like the team event why don't they have some kind of like threesome foursome deal so i heard matt kuchar talking about
6: this you know he was a bronze winner in rio from where'd he go to school from here i mean from wake forest georgia tech georgia tech i'm sorry gracious i'm struggling today. i don't know why I maybe know i was
2: thinking Webb simpson
6: was kind of where i
2: was i don't know why anyway. i know that random piece of trivia no
6: but that's good That's um, impressive and he was saying you know it's all it all depends on what the spirit of well, i mean what are they trying to do are they trying to determine the best golfer in the world right <laughs> and so if they're going to do that that's really the way they're going about it really in the great format either because you don't have the, the best the, the greatest the playing there. right yeah. so uh so that's kind of a flaw in the system and, and you know i i don't know i i I think we as consumers would obviously far prefer the team game and yeah. then it's a team medal. Guys
2: and,
6: and look, I don't even think, I, I think there's room for both. Even if sure. they played a two-day team event and a two-day and, you know, there's been talk about having it uh, co-ed to where your, you know, parents, cool yeah, too. I think that'd be cool. So I agree with you. I would like to see that um, just from a consumer standpoint, but I really don't want it to take anything away from what we have now with the Ryder Cup and the President's Cup, but, but it is the Olympics and, um, you know I, it seems like
2: that would be the way to do it is some type of team format and we are well, wow, uh just over a month away from the Ryder cup yeah this it's, is a it, Ryder cup year it is
6: uh it is all over us yeah it's a it's again it's one of those catch-up years so it'll be uh be a little bit strange to see it at the time it's being played at but you know we'll take it uh molly anything
2: else going on in your world no man just uh you know how's five star rocking and rolling yeah
6: we're b- moving right along moving right along met with the some good folk the good folks at oakwood today spent a little time with them we've already done a really cool project with them but we're doing some updating so yeah everything's good man from
2: oakwood to east carolina, carolina university yeah. to north carolina know, wake forest you everything it, in yeah. between yeah so good stuff yep all right uh thanks for hanging out man yeah always good have a great weekend we will uh, take a time out come back uh talk some nfl we'll run over some props Who will have the most passing yards, rushing yards, receiving yards in the NFL this season. And uh, maybe talk some Hall of Fame game with Jeff Nadeau. Big man on campus joins us when we return after this.
0: you're listening to hour one of pirate radio live do you need custom t-shirts apparel or promotional items for your business organization or event keep it local print it local with university sportswear contact them today at university sportswear now back to the show
1: <laughs> welcome back university pc care has been pirate nation's go-to it expert since 2006 university pc care are the local tech support experts for any of your business needs. Let University PC Care take care of it so you can take care of business. Visit universitypccare.com to learn more today. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here is your host, Cliff Brock.
2: All right, got the big man on campus, Jeff Nadeau, hanging on. We'll get to him in just a moment. But first, uh, we would like to wish a happy birthday to a man who does a lot behind the scenes and sometimes in front of the camera and microphone. Glenn Griffin, the big dog, is celebrating a birthday today, so i would would like to uh for us to sing dog glenn griffin dog Dog. i would like us to sing happy birthday if you are riding in your car um you your kids your significant other i would like for you all to sing along you guys ready yep here we go happy birthday to you happy birthday birthday to
7: you Happy birthday, dear big dog. Happy birthday to
1: you. Well done. Um, That might have
7: been our best. Okay. Are we the new Brooks and Dunn?
1: <laughs> there was only two in Brooks and Dunn. I know. Wow. Brooks and Dunn. What he's trying to say is, <laughs> Shirley, you're out of the band. <laughs> you're out of the band. No, 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 no. We're the Bee Gees. Guys, that was
7: actually pretty
2: good. We're
1: the BGS. Hey, the Bee Gees, Come on, Michelle. Oh, come on, Michelle. Oh, you yeah. want to come on, Michelle? Happy birthday, big dog.
2: We've got uh, some music trivia uh, coming up, Pirate Radio music trivia, Shirley versus listener Steve Hill Nice on Tuesday.
1: Yeah, we've been jawing back and forth, so it'll be fun.
7: You guys have been practicing on that app, right? (laughs)
1: Yeah. uh, That he got you hooked on. Yeah, Steve has this app. uh, It's a music app that you can can just play. Basically, what it does is it plays a snippet of a song, and you identify either the song or the artist. You get extra points if you get both. And he had a 228 game winning streak which means steve's been playing a lot longer than i have however um due to recent events i haven't been able to play much by the so, way
2: I, let me just say i mean congratulations to you and steve but it's like who's sang this song stop hammer time well like, yeah. it's
7: like kindergarten oh you're talking about the game they play yeah it, it's super Basically, easy.
1: Yeah, it is super easy. But I mean, there are times where now here's the thing. Obviously, because of uh, YouTube, YouTube.
7: Uh, YouTube, uh
1: rules and regulations, um, we you know it's difficult to play the song. So it's going to be a little bit harder because you're not going to hear the melody. You're going to be there's going to be instances where you're just going to read a lyric. And you have to give, you know, guess the song. And that's actually a little bit more difficult than, you know, just hearing the song and identifying it. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, I mean, I hope I don't fall flat on my face, but we'll see what happens.
2: All right. Um, guy that stole my dad's truck when I was a kid just sent me a friend request on Facebook. What? Wow. <laughs> Accept it and confront him. Wait,
1: wait, 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 wait. wait. Wait, wait no i need to know that no I, mean, I need this story no he's
7: sending you a friend request so he can apologize <laughs> i mean i've
2: mean, talked to him since then they found the truck apologized uh no he was like he was a kid and uh my dad's a farmer so like a lot of farmers they leave things unlocked he's, he's a in bad the car. kid jeff <laughs> so he could just get right into the truck at 5 a.m in the morning and go to but uh yeah he uh apparently came to the driveway one night while we were all sleeping and took it and him and a buddy were like just headed to south carolina whoa what in the world yeah man?
1: i mean i would figure they just went joyriding like through a cornfield or something yeah
2: they were uh they
1: headed they were going you south knew of the border yeah
7: i went to school with them that's crazy <laughs> that's
1: insane okay, wait, you wait, saw wait. him in math class yeah.
7: the next week
2: yeah. okay
1: so how did you how were you able to determine who had taken the truck
2: i can't remember it was it was found somehow and like um uh,
1: they fingerprinted the truck they brought out csi Uh, it
2: it happened if i recall very quickly like the next so that was i guess in the morning like maybe the next day or that night or whatever like it happened very fast i remember his dad because his dad was my uh he had a brother close, closer to my age, his dad was my little league baseball coach. <laughs> like we all knew wow. each other. So it was awkward, but like it was uh Man. it was a weird deal. It was it So got, he
1: pretty much started you every game from here on out, right? <laughs> I got to as as, up. A, a, as an apology yeah. for his son. No, nah, it was
2: a weird deal, but anyway. Um, being
1: a carjacker, truck jacker.
2: Now I have to decide if I want to uh, accept the uh, the friend request or not.
1: Oh, the debate. Will, I, will you decide by the end of the show? <laughs> yes,
2: I'll I'll have two hats on the table. One with a Facebook thumbs up, one with a thumbs down.
1: Oh, this will be nice. I, I'll have to wait and see how this goes.
7: All right, let's... Uh, Big man's probably ready to talk. <laughs>
1: let's
2: go Oh, wait, Oh, wait,
1: wait, 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 wait. He's wait. already... Uh, okay, yeah, yeah, sing. he's on the line. Okay, gotcha.
2: And uh, we'll, uh, we'll talk some football now with Jeff Nadeau, the big man on campus who joins us on a Thursday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Big man, how you doing? Pretty good. How are you? Hey, I'm doing all right. Uh, Jeff, from a, a personal note, uh, the easiest bet going in sports was uh, the Atlanta Braves. If they lose the previous game, you bet on them to win the next one. If they won the previous night, you bet on them to lose the next night. That streak finally ended uh, last night as they won two in a row. So, Jeff, right now... The easiest bet going is to bet Team USA men's basketball at halftime. I have jumped on this the last two games where they have looked bad in the first half and then pretty much dominated the second half. I have not watched a single minute of any of it, but I've been following along and I've been up late enough at night to get on them at halftime these last two games. But for whatever they're not doing in the first half, they seem to be doing it in the uh, second half of games.
3: Yeah, this is kind of them just kind of turning on the Jets and and, and just being better than everyone else. I mean, we heard about, you know, all the things were were falling down when they they lost that first game. But, you know, I just think they didn't really care. or They were kind of tired and and just out of shape, not ready to go. But, yeah, they're they're good. They're going to win gold, and it's not surprising. I haven't watched it either. Um, I, I guess for me, I was just a little basketballed out, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, with, with the season going so late and the draft and that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, looks like they're going to cruise to a gold medal.
2: Jeff, uh, you've been on this for months. I've been in denial. I've been trying not to uh, to, to hear about it, trying not to think about it, but the Deshaun Watson to Philly rumors are, are flying once again, and it's turning more into maybe news than rumors at this point. So what's the talk up there uh, in, uh, in Philly, Jeff, about – Potentially, the Eagles getting a new uh, quarterback in Deshaun Watson.
3: Well, I, I think from everything I'm seeing, um, you know, none of it's good. Um, you know, I, I think you obviously have to have two viewpoints. From a football standpoint, Deshaun Watson is among the best quarterbacks in the NFL. And on this team, uh, he immediately vaults them into a solid football team. Because the, the thought with the Eagles is the, the concern at, 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 at the highest level is the quarterback. Now, I love Jalen Hurts. I think he's going to be solid, but we really don't know. We know Deshaun Watson is a, you know, a pro bowl, you know, could be an MVP type of caliber quarterback. So that's not the problem. It's the, the elephant in the room that, you know, Deshaun Watson has a lot of issues right now, 24 issues of, of some, and, and some of, are now criminal. Now, you know, as – I've said before and I'll say it again. I think the Eagles obviously know a lot more than the fan base does about what is going to be the outcome of all this. The truth is he's not going to be deposed on any of this until the season's over. Now, I will admit, I think a lot of America lives in the whole, well, it's my opinion is what matters. <laughs> well, yeah. no, that's not how it works. At the end of the day, the NFL has literally no basis, frankly, uh, to suspend him. He's not been charged um, with, with crimes. He's not being deposed and frankly he has a, a trial or, or a deposition to prove his innocence now I, I think he'll play this season and i think the eagles are looking at it there but I also have to ask like what what would be the issue here is he going to be will he be suspended will you be without him for tears is stuff like this true is 24 people lying i i don't know i'm not a lawyer and i'm not someone that's going to depose anybody but I think the Eagles are are surely the team that is most likely to to take him in. Um, If you ask me as a fan, do I want it to happen from a football standpoint? Absolutely. But I I don't think that we can obviously live in that world because there's a lot going on outside of it. I would feel like we just go towards Jalen Hurts and look, if Jalen's terrible, well, then you're going to be a bad team and you just – Maybe look towards a quarterback next year, but
2: and I guess Jeff, um, as much as a team and specifically the Eagles would have to give up to get him, like they're not going to do that without knowing he's available to play, right? I mean, that would be a super risk to do it, like say today, and not know what his future is playing football in twenty twenty one.
3: Right, and like like I said, I think in twenty twenty one he'll probably play. I I, yeah. I I just don't really see anything valid, you know. Argument they get because he'll just say, Well, I didn't. I, there are allegations, you know. I they're not convictions, they're allegations. Yeah, that's the, that's the main thing here. But, uh, you know, we'll see. I think with Deshaun Watson, um, you know, the Eagles have a problem sometimes with just taking shots on things. And you know, I, I want them to, to see with Jalen Hurts, but they did it with Michael Vick. If yeah. they could somehow keep Jalen Hurts somehow in all this and still make the trade, then I'd be okay with it, you know. but... It seems like Hurts would be the one in this trade if they get him back.
2: Are you – so are you – I don't know how split the fan base is on this, but are you one that thinks Jalen Hurts could be a winner there in, in Philadelphia, if not this year in the future?
3: I think the the fan base is surely in favor that Jalen Hurts is the guy. But okay. this fan base is largely – at least from an Eagles standpoint, I mean, it's football here. That That's the main sport here. So, every fan has the thought that the Eagles are going to win the Super Bowl of year. <laughs> right. um, and I think a lot of them love Jalen Hurts. I haven't really heard. If, if I have 10 Eagles fans, I think nine, possibly 10 would say they like Jalen Hurts and they're excited about him and they think
4: he'll be good.
2: Jeff Nadu joining us. Jeff, I'll put you on the spot here. Didn't give you any topics to study, but I'm looking at uh, some props we have not really touched on in the NFL so far. And that's most passing yards, most rushing yards, most receiving yards. We'll start with passing. The favorites are pretty obvious with Mahomes. Uh, Dak Prescott, Tom Brady up there as well. Then you get to Josh Allen fourth. Who, uh, you know, outside the obvious would you look at here? Justin Herbert in year two. Matt Ryan could be playing a lot of garbage time minutes and, and lighting it up. Matthew Stafford with his new team. You got Rodgers down there. Anybody, uh, Kyler Murray is way down there as well, although he does a lot of damage with his legs. Uh, any quarterbacks outside of the obvious you might take a stab at here with most passing yards in the regular season?
3: Yeah, I'd be looking at Matthew Stafford. I I've said – Again and again, I I think he's in a really good situation down there uh, or over there in in, uh, L.A. Plus, we we have to talk about the fact that they're pretty weak at at running back. I think this turns into, you know, a a 65, you know, 35 uh, offense as far as passing the football. Um, They have a kid that can gunsling it around. They have an offense that is very much going to be pass heavy. Uh, we know that Sean McVay likes to do that. I think they use a lot of split back stuff. They involve the running backs. Um, you know, they don't have a guy now that you know, especially with Cam Akers out, that you want to kind of use as a power back, and and they're going to run the ball a ton. I think he's kind of an interesting guy. If he could stay healthy, obviously, his, that's always the problem with him, and whether he could stay healthy. But you look at their skill position players. There's a ton of speed there. Um, There's a lot of young speed there. There's some veterans there. There's some guys that can catch the football and be high-level receivers. Um, I I like a lot of what they have over there. Yeah, Pretty good offensive line. I
2: think Stafford's worth maybe a little. I'm with you. I'm really high on Matthew Stafford uh, and the Rams in 2021. How about receiving yards? DeAndre Hopkins, Stephon Diggs at the top of the list. Justin Jefferson coming off a great rookie campaign uh, going uh, into year two. And then you got names, Kelsey, Ridley, Metcalf. Um you've got two Titans that are close on the odds list Jeff they kind of cancel each other out I think in AJ Brown and Julio Jones so how about a uh, any receiver stand out to you that's maybe not uh, as obvious as the ones on the top
3: Yeah I think honestly with this like a team like the Titans I would have no interest yeah. in getting this because there's just guys that as you said cancel each other out and there's going to be too much ball uh, sharing there um, you know, when you look at a, a top scorer in the NBA, you know, Allen Iverson was perfect because there was no one else in that team that scored, really. Um, I would look at Stephon Diggs, surely. I, I think he, I mean, he's the main guy in that room. I mean, he's going to get a ton of targets. You know, we have Cole Beasley. We have a, a thought that he may not play this year. I, 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 you know, I think we have to really come to that realization with him. Like, he's not going to get vaccinated. Like, I, and I don't, you know, I don't know. We'll see if what happens there. But, you know, I think he's, uh, as far as Stephon Diggs, the guy, I mean, it, it seems like he generated a really good rapport. It seemed like if they threw the ball five times, they were throwing to him four out of those five times. So, yeah, I, I would take a shot with him probably.
2: Calvin Ridley kind of fits that category too, Jeff, but Stephon Diggs is a known commodity at this point. Ridley, his first year really being the guy, but uh, there's not – And they always
3: they always lead the league or right up top leading the league in um, – in passing frequency, Attempts, so yeah. passing percentage. But yeah, I would stay away from like Cardinals a lot of, because I think their offense would be pretty dynamic. Um,
2: Devonte Adams, may be a good example of what you're talking about yeah. too, where he's a man on a, an Island kind of. Sure. Yeah. All right. And uh, as far as rushing goes, your names at the top, Derek Henry, obviously uh, Dalvin cook finally was healthy last year, put together a good year. Uh, Nick Chubb, Christian McCaffrey off injury, um Ezekiel Elliott is out there Jeff with a pretty big number beside his name bigger than it should be I think with I I don't know if that Cowboys offense gets rolling he could put up some yards Uh, how about running back wise who uh who do you like here
3: yeah I think he's one of the more overrated players in the NFL in my opinion I I, I'm just not that impressed ever with him I think they're going to throw the football out as well um I I would look towards Dalvin Cook I mean I, I think that offense is you know, where do you go, right? I mean, I, I think it's clearly a, a run-first offense. It's kind of what it is. It's, it's pounding the football down the throat of their opponent. You know, I like Phelan and Jefferson Shirley, but I think he's a real feature in that that, uh, that backfield. And, you know, he's another one. You kind of want to see how healthy he is. But, you know, I don't think you can go wrong with just kind of taking the, the chalk here and no. Kirk Henry and, and, you know, what about your boy down in Carolina, you know? so.
2: McCaffrey's gonna do so much uh, if you could do like a total yards I would be all over McCaffrey but he's he's receiving rushing everything uh, alright so Jeff is smart with his bets and I'm not saying nobody's saying that the big man wins every bet but he puts research into it he has a reason to bet it I know you have no reason to bet preseason football tonight, Jeff, but I'm trying to get you to join me and the degenerates in the mud and do something. I'm going under and Cowboys tonight just because it's the first football game. Will you have anything on the line tonight in this preseason game?
3: Well, you know, Cliff, it's 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 something that I, I try to surprise you every chance I get, and I actually bet <laughs> this. All right. About an hour ago. Let's uh, go. I, I took – um. I laid uh, a half of, uh, of a point in the first half with the Steelers, actually. Okay. Um, at plus 100. I think it's a pretty good bet. Uh, Mike Tomlin has, has kind of come out and talked that Mason Rudolph is going to be the starter. Uh, you know, I think if, if we can get a, 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 a good amount of time with him, I think he's the best quarterback, at least that will play in this game. Uh, I'd much rather have him over like a Garrett Gilbert you know, I look at, when you look at kind of the depth of the Steelers, particularly on offense, I think there's a lot of things to shake out. I, I like Fryermuth, this tight end out of Penn State. I think he's a guy that is going to be a guy that, that gets involved. Anthony McFarland out of Kentucky. Um, uh, you know, I, I like their offensive line. I think there's a lot of position battles up front, a lot of a good play probably out of them. You know, Dwayne Haskins, maybe we see him at some point. I, I don't hate him either. I think he's a better option probably than some of the the quarterbacks for the Steelers. So, I think huh. what we have with the Steelers, you know, Jay's Washington as well, he's trying to kind of show his, solid, you know, uh, as a solid role in this team. So I'm going to go with them. I think they have a lead here in the first half. Um, you know, I think they probably lose the game, but if there's like a halftime full-time, maybe I have interest there as well. <laughs> All
2: right. I'm going to lean, lean towards the Steelers. And, Jeff, you know, i out a doubt preseason football is something you get into, but is it possible to even see, like, lineups, who's available, who's not for these things? Moving forward this preseason?
3: Um, yes. I, th- I think if you read into the media and
2: stuff. Yeah. Sure, but. Point being, it's hard to know who's going to be on the field and when they're going to be on the field for these things. So better to stay away, obviously. Sure. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, what else you got going on, uh, Jeff, in the world of sports and, uh, and gambling? Anything else? Uh, baseball? Anything else going on?
3: Well, you know, it's um, it it seems like all the time. You know, I, I'm I get calls all the time from people. I get DMs all the time. Hey, you interested in doing some? Hey, interested in doing something? Um, I've I've actually over the last week got a, a really kind of interesting opportunity that I'm possibly going to work on that is really kind of outside of the box. Uh, kind of melds two interests that I have. So, you know, and that's something I haven't really talked about at all. So, I'm hoping that all kind of can work out. But, you know, really just getting ready for football. Um, you know, I I am going to be uh, on Pick Central, which I know you. I don't know if you were going to allude to, but I'll just say it. Um, you know, we'll see what happens there. Yeah. You know, there, there's always wild things going on in my life, um, and I, I just try to make the best out of some of them, see where they all go, and yeah. So.
2: Yeah. Football. Well, I look forward to seeing you Monday on uh, Pick Central at noon there with Barstool Sports. That'll be interesting. So. Uh, a lot of a lot of storylines leading into that, big man. Also, the host of the Sit Down podcast, folks can tune into that for uh, mafia history. Our Chandler Honeycutt has been downloading and listening to some of those, Jeff. Uh, so keep up the good work there, and we'll uh, we'll uh, reconvene with you Monday afternoon, man. Sounds good.
3: Yeah, I'm trying to meld clip football, gambling, and the mob all together in some way. So
2: well, stay tuned. If anybody can do it, I'm assuming that'll be uh, you'd be the person to do that. Yeah, thank you, Jeff. Uh, have a good weekend, man. All right, brother. Take it easy. Jeff Nadeau joining us on the Fixed NC Live line Hall of Fame game coming up tonight, Cowboys and Steelers. We will take a timeout, come back. We will talk some football with Emory Hunt, football game plan, CBS Sports HQ. We'll get his thoughts on the Pirates, the American, the ACC, talk some NFL and more when we return on Pirate Radio Live. Back with you after this.
0: You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by University PC Care, your local tech support experts for all your business needs. Let University PC Care take care of it so you can take care of business. Visit universitypccare.com to learn more today. Now, back to the show.
1: Welcome back. Brown & Wood is your home of the best selection of GMC, Cadillac, Buick, and Mazda in eastern North Carolina for over 83 years. Shop their entire inventory on. Online at Brown or visit them on Greenville Boulevard. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here's your host, Clip Rock.
2: Alrighty, back with you, hour two of Pirate Radio Live coming up later on this hour. We will hear from Stephen Igo Hoist the Colors. Got some Holton Aylers and Jaquan McMillan audio to get to from AC, AC Media Day. And in hour three, Troy D will be here. We'll talk to former pirate Phoenix Evans. He'll join us inside the Pirate Radio studio. So a big hour three on tap as well right now we will talk some football get you ready for the college football and nfl season with emory hunt at f game plan on twitter we watch him just about every day he's on cbs sports hq also a part of sports line as well and emory welcome back to pirate radio how you doing man
8: I'm doing fine, man. I appreciate you guys having
2: me on. Yes, sir. And uh, Emory, we're going to go over a a lot of topics, a lot of teams today, but we're going to start with East Carolina year three of Mike Houston. And the media poll in the American was released earlier this week, has the Pirates 8th. In the league, Holt Naylor's back at quarterback. In fact, Emory, like a lot of teams, a lot of returners on the Pirates with uh, players getting that extra year. So Mike Houston finally has a little depth. He's finally got uh, some of his own recruits in. We'll see if it pays off on the field. What's your take on uh, East Carolina and how they stack up in the American this year? Well, they'll
8: have that benefit of, you know, they were young last year and, you know, everyone virtually backed. Uh, For this team. So they're going to have the benefit of having experience um, just like everyone else. But I think for them, being able to apply what they learned last year and have real life game experience to to draw back on and, you know, to carry over to 2021 should help them be much more competitive. You know, I know they lose uh, Deontay Smith up front. That was a tremendous loss at tackle, but you get experience back at quarterback and Ayler's. You know, I'm a big fan of the running back, Rajah Harris. So, I just think that uh, it should be much better from a competitive standpoint, which is great for the AAC top to bottom.
2: And the AAC looks a little top-heavy, Emory, when you look at Cincinnati and then UCF. I I put them in a tier together. Do you think year one of Gus Malzahn is ready to, to maybe challenge Cincinnati for the top spot in the American this year?
8: I don't think so. I think it's still about defense in this conference. And as much as we love UCF and what they can do offensively, I need to know if they can stop someone. And you know, yeah, they bring in uh, Big Cat uh, from from uh, from Auburn, uh, you know, all SEC player. But we still have to see how good this defense can be. Um, you know, and to me, right now, you still have to look at Cincinnati and what they bring to the table on both sides of the ball. Experience at quarterback with Ritter. Uh, defensively, yes, you lose some some significant pieces in the secondary, but their front seven. Is still one of the best in college football, and I I do think um, they still are a
2: notch above the rest in this conference. It's a uh, a tough conference week in, week out, Emory, and uh, how about ECU's non-conference schedule this year? Uh, Appalachian State, South Carolina, Marshall, and Charleston Southern. uh, Let's get a quick note or two on those teams, starting with Appalachian State. That'll be ECU's first opponent on uh, Thursday, September 2nd. Emory, what do you think about the Mountaineers this year?
8: Well, they are – one of the, the tougher teams to play uh, coming out of the Sunbelt Conference. You know, they're always up there with Louisiana, Coastal Carolina, Georgia Southern. Um, so that's going to be a real battle for East Carolina. That's a team that they're going to have to really show up for. Um, they're breaking the good, a new quarterback in Chase Bryce, so they may have an advantage there. East Carolina does. But, I mean, we talk about the run game of App State and what they do defensively. It's going to be a challenge, but I think in that matchup, if it were me, I do think East Carolina has the better quarterback going into that ballgame.
2: How about South Carolina Emory? Year one of Shane Beamer there, and they are picked near or at the bottom of the SEC, but you got to imagine they got a lot of talent there I would think. Uh, what, what do you think about the Beamer hire, and what are the Gamecocks going to look like in 2021?
8: Interesting hire, though. I'm interested to see how it works out. Uh, I know they're bringing in you know, some transfers. Jason Brown was phenomenal at St. Francis uh, at FCS program here in the Northeast conference. And, you know, I'm talking about a guy that has a deep arm that can go all the way down the field. So it'll be, you know, interesting to watch him hit the ground running, but they have a tremendous run game. Um, And yeah, they lose shy Smith at receiver. They lose some pieces up front on both sides of the line of scrimmage and and they lose J.C. Horn, obviously. So there's some, there's some uh, questions about South Carolina going into the year. And if you're looking at this from an East Carolina standpoint, this will be a great opportunity to try to catch a team slipping, right? That, that fly-in-the-ointment type game, that game that someone overlooked, an opponent. This will be a, a fun matchup to watch, I believe, because there's a lot of uncertainty around South Carolina going into this year.
2: Emory Hunt joining us at F-Ball Game Plan. Emory, uh, week three, September 18th, Pirates go to Huntington to face Marshall. Another coaching change there, and I don't know what was going on on the inside there, but was surprised to see Doc Holliday out at Marshall Charles Huff, year one, uh, head coach now with the Thundering Herd. Where do they they stack up uh, in Conference USA, in your opinion?
8: I like Marshall, and I was just like you. I was shocked to see the news about Doc Holliday uh, leaving, but... You know, Coach Huff inherits a very good team, a really good quarterback, um, and behind a veteran offensive line, and, and, a, and a team that can really run the football. But unfortunately, you know, they, they lose the premier talent at tackle. They lose their you know their other premier talent at guard, who transferred up out the program to a power five, um, and their running back Brendan Knox is off to the NFL. Uh, but defensively, without Devontae Beckett, without uh, Darius Hodge. There's some questions about the front seven, but Marshall is one of those teams that just reload. Um, and watching those guys play in the secondary, I think they match up very well against whoever they're going to face. Um, so that's one team that's going to be competitive, um, and we'll see how it works out up front. But I know they, you know, with the coaching change and you know them losing some key pieces to, to graduation and to transferring, uh, it'll be interesting to see how they how they look this year. But I do think they'll be one of the the top tier teams
2: in conference usa and emory another reason i like having you on you know a lot about the fcs schools as well and boy that has not gone ecu's way over the years although hopefully we got that cleaned up but james madison north carolina a&t have beaten the pirates uh you know in the in the scotty montgomery era how about charleston southern i don't think they are at quite the uh the program that those two school two schools are i will say it was cool uh earlier this offseason to talk to altry Denson, Notre Dame's all time leading rusher, as their head coach, and we were able to have him on the show and it was a great chat with Coach Denson. But Charleston Southern, Emory, are are they a team that could give ECU trouble, you think, when they come to Greenville?
8: It'll be tough for them. They were struggling in the spring and, you know, they were competitive, but, you know, and I like Archie Denson. You know, I was a big fan of his game at Notre Dame and, and how he, you know, ran the football. He he get he gets himself into a good situation. We saw Chadwell who's now the head coach at uh, Coastal Carolina, have some success down there at Charleston Southern. So it can be done. It's going to take them another year or, or two for them to be where they need to be, especially in the Big South Conference. So um, I'm excited to see what they were able to do this year coming from the spring, where, again, they were competitive, and how much of that can carry over into you know fall practice and into the fall season.
2: Emory on joining us. Emory, let's uh, head west uh, from Greenville, North Carolina, a little bit and go to the – center of the state and talk about the acc schools and who's at the top of the uh the north carolina acc schools emory do you go mac brown and and maybe the most talented quarterback in the country sam how or do you like what dave dorton and the Wolfpack are doing coming off a good year who's the best team in the state uh when it comes to the atlantic coast conference
8: you well know, that's a great question and um i like both teams but i like them for different reasons you know i like the running game at at north carolina state but i like the quarterback at north carolina and defensively you know, you, you have to like both teams. I think we're going to see, you know, probably one of the better defensive uh, teams from both of these, these squads this year. But North Carolina, because of the experience with Sam Howell uh, and experience in that offense, and not breaking in a new quarter quarterback. Plus, yes, they lose those two NFL uh, running backs that they had last year, but they get a transfer, uh, Ty Chandler from Tennessee, who's a really good back, and he's joining the free. So I, I think. Uh, right now North Carolina has a slight edge over NC State but man NC State I just love what they have on the perimeter I love what they have in the backfield defensively they got some athletes I worry about the quarterback position.
2: Emory big picture wise you know it's Clemson's to lose I guess in the ACC is it the same for Bama and Ohio State like if one of the big boys that we're used to seeing in the playoff doesn't win their respective conference this year which one would it be Uh, Alabama Clemson or Ohio State?
8: I think it'll be Clemson um, mm. because you have you have North Carolina that that can play. You, you saw them get, have trouble last year with Boston College, when they came back and won. Miami has an experienced quarterback in De'Arcy King, yeah. but Miami is so inconsistent, you know, and you don't know which Miami you're going to get on any given day. You just talked about NC State and how their defense should be good. There's a lot of expectation uh, right there in Raleigh, uh, so I think Clemson has a tougher chance. Uh, Ohio State is is unique because they're so doggone good on both sides of the line of scrimmage. I think in backfield they're going to be fine. Uh, yes, they're breaking in a new quarterback, so that's going to always be a transition. But I think defensively and their ability to run the football should be enough to give them a nod in the Big Ten.
2: Talking to Emory Hunt going over uh, college football. Emory, how about what's happening right now? Uh, Texas, Oklahoma, off to the SEC. If they play out their grant of rights deal, it won't be until after the 2025 season. Uh, Mike Orsco and the American have appeared to be pretty aggressive here, trying to add Big 12 schools rather than get poached by the Big 12. You've seen stories about Kansas potentially going to the Big Ten, a Big Twelve, Pac Twelve merger. I don't know, Emory. How do you even begin to to, to look and, and see what's going to be the case in college football three, four years from now? What do you think it's going to look like?
8: It's going to look ridiculous. I just <laughs> wish we can go back to a smaller regional conference yeah. setup, man. The money going to come regardless. The money was going to come when TV got more, uh, you know, prominent around the different conferences. The reason why you had those conferences. And those big TV deals, because TV was more linear now or then, you know, as opposed to what it is now. Everyone's on TV now, so I feel like if you're good, the TV and and all those big contracts will follow regardless. So I wish we just go back to more of a regional, smaller regional, you know, conference that makes sense. Um, you know, but if you're looking at the AAC, I mean, they're, they're in good areas too, you know, and I think yeah, they can. Uh, Absorb a you know a team in, in TCU or something like that, or you know Baylor, all those Texas big uh, Big Twelve schools because they got a, a base in Texas already with SMU and uh, Houston. But if you're the Big Twelve, I would try to focus more on someone like a BYU, you know, someone like that, or someone within that footprint. Try to get Nebraska to come back out of the Big Ten into the Big Twelve instead of, or maybe you reach out to North Dakota State. You know, it's hmm. just trying to grab everybody and, and you know everybody can't be in the SEC <laughs> and you can't have twenty teams in the Big Ten and you can't have teams on the East Coast in the Pac twelve. Just like I just wish we just stop the nonsense and just get back to, you know, smaller conferences to where it makes sense and, and help strengthen those rivalries.
2: Yeah, well said. I mean, we say it a lot, Emory. Not a lot of common sense uh goes into this stuff anymore. Uh Notre Dame, you know at, at some point Emory are they are they okay with the NBC, Peacock, whatever they got going, that they can continue to be independent? Or are they going to have to jump to the ACC, the Big Ten, hell, the SEC, who knows at some point? What do you think about Notre Dame in the near
8: future? They make the most sense to me in the Big Ten. Yeah, They're like Penn State. When Penn State was independent for that you know, long period of time, you're right there in Big Ten country. Go ahead on it and jump in the Big Ten. Notre Dame should do the same thing. You got Northwestern right there. You play a lot of Big Ten schools anyway. You got Northwestern right there. Um, Illinois is nearby. Indiana's in the same state. Uh, it just makes so much sense, um, and I think that's the route they should go. You know, and, and if and if if your Pitt, you know, Pitt probably should lean more to the Big Ten as opposed to you know staying in the ACC. Or how about you just bring back the Big East, and it just makes stuff that much easier uh, to put those you know old big east teams back in the conference by themselves because i just wish that we just get back to you know a, a classic setup of conferences and therefore you have more parity everyone's going to be on tv everybody's going to be on the streaming device um you know some streaming network so it, it just doesn't make sense to have 75 teams in the sec you know <laughs>
2: yeah just pointless emory hunt joining us you can follow him on twitter at fball we'll talk about everything he's got going on uh before we wrap up the conversation emory want to talk a little nfl before we let you go i always ask you about my washington football team the defense you could argue top five in the league certainly the uh the front four is top five in the league with what they've done now they bring in you know ryan fitzpatrick give him a little help with terry mclaurin with curtis samuel they look like they found something with antonio gibson starting to get a little excited about uh ron rivera's group emory but you got Dak and the cowboys looming we'll see what daniel jones kind of a maybe a make or break year for him and then what is jalen hurts in philadelphia so a lot of questions in that nfc east how, how do you think it plays out this year
8: i think it goes in the order of you know like quarterback play you know and talent so you got Dak prescott the clear class of the division. Yeah. Dylan Hurts is a better football player than Daniel Jones and protects the football a lot better, so I'm going with the Eagles second. I trust Daniel Jones more than I trust Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> um, even though the, the Washington football team has a better defense, it's just Ryan Fitzpatrick, I believe, will be the reason why Washington finished with seven or maybe eight wins. And The Giants, on paper, talent alone is an eight or nine win team. And Daniel Jones could be the difference in between them just hitting that 8 or 9 mark or getting to 10 and 11. But I do think people underestimate Philly and how good they're going to be running the football and how good that defensive front seven will be because their ability to run the football and how you know, they can play complementary offensive with Jalen Hurts. And I think that's why I see Philly more so ahead of the rest out of the you know, Washington football team and the Giants. But if Dallas is healthy Dak is healthy, Dallas is you know, running away with
2: that division. Emory Hunt, uh, you heard it here first, and, and you, you just uh, wonder, you, you think Dallas will be able to stop people this year, Emory? They were unable to do so a year ago. Did they clean that up?
8: If they, they don't have to be the number one defense. Yeah. Can't be 32nd. You know, and so <laughs> if they get to the top 15, then that means that's an extra stop or two a game, which is more than what they were able to do last year. Yeah. And when an offense that scores 35 points, it's going to be you'll lose a lot of games 35 to let's say 26 you know and that's all you really need if you're Dallas.
2: emory a lot of panthers fans tuned in they uh they get sam darnold kind of a low risk move maybe he's got something and was just harmed by the the jets organization and being coached by adam gase or maybe he's just not a uh a starting nfl quarterback we shall see what do you think about the panthers coming up in uh 2021
8: I love the talent across the board, offensive line, skill players, you know, depth in the backfield. Defense is young and getting better, and got more uh, talent added to the roster. But you're right, it's all about Sam Darnold. He's like the Daniel Jones of this football team, where he's the difference between them winning more than nine games or under nine games. And for him, it's not about he played with, you know, Adam GaSe or played with Ty Bowles. It's the fact that he hasn't finished a full season. And that's the biggest thing for him. You have to be able to be out there for a full 17-game season because otherwise he has to restart that clock. And because he'll start to play well, then he'll get hurt or miss a game or two, then he has to restart that process. So if he can stay out there for a full 17-game you know, season, maybe we get a better idea of what he can potentially be moving forward. But right now he's still, to me, a relative unknown. And, and the known that we do have of him so far it's been inconsistent in, in turnovers
2: which is not good emory i think the division in the nfc i'm looking forward to the most and seeing how it plays out is the nfc west on paper i guess the addition of stafford with mcveigh and all the talent the rams have they they are the favorite but you could make an argument that all these teams uh are a playoff team and can win that division here's a question for you though who you know when does trey lance start for the 49ers who is the week one starter for san francisco
8: That's a good question. Yeah, judging by one throw in in training camp, you know, all those (laughs) people love Trey Lance Week One. So, um, and to be completely honest, the preseason is set up for guys like Trey Lance to ball out. So that 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 buzz is going to get stronger. But I do think we'll see uh, Garoppolo start Week One with Lance probably starting by Week Three.
2: Emory, uh, is it still is is the NFC Tampa Bay's to lose, or do you have somebody up there uh, above them?
8: Dallas is the team to watch, man. And, and here's the thing people talk about. People talk about the Buccaneers as if they weren't 17-0 last year. Right? Uh, theoretically, the Bucs should have lost all those playoff games outside of the Super Bowl. The Saints had them beat until Jared Cook's arms decided to not work and he with that football. Then Green Bay had them beat, you know, braved some three picks in that ball game. And then Washington had an opportunity.
2: Taylor Heineke had him on the ropes, Emory, for a little while there. <laughs>
8: Had him on the rope, right? <laughs> so, you know, the only game the Bucks looked dominant was the Super Bowl. So, yeah. I, I, you know, we'll see what what Bucs were going to get this year. But to their credit, they returned everybody. And I'm talking about all 22 starters, all coordinators, and a head coach. So, yeah, they'll be tough to beat. But let's not act like they were, uh, the you know, 85 bears out there during the playoffs.
2: Emory, uh, one more we'll let you run. In the AFC, who is the Chiefs' biggest challenge? Do you go – Let's see: Tennessee, Baltimore, Buffalo, or, or somebody I didn't mention. Who, who challenges them?
8: I think all of those teams: Baltimore, Buffalo, Cleveland. Uh, Cleveland had an opportunity last year. You know, Baltimore's defense will always give them a chance, and they have the you know the dynamic playmaker and Lamar Jackson. Buffalo had their opportunity, and you know, um, I just think that if, if we're being honest, you look at the Patriots' defense and everybody back healthy, opting back in. It should make them a much better football team, but I just think the team that
2: you listed are the serious contenders for Kansas City. Emory, uh, looking ahead, I- I'm sure you've looked at lines. I don't know if you got anything out there yet. You'll be, uh, I guess, making some picks on sports line when the time comes. But any week zero college football, week one college football, or NFL lines you're you're already circling uh, for the season.
8: Whatever the line is, in Louisiana versus Texas, take Louisiana because my reason Cajun is going to surprise and stock the world.
2: <laughs> All right. There you go. The pick is in. Emery, uh, you're on CBS Sports HQ. We watch you every day. Uh, what else you got going on that uh, people need to know about?
8: Well, they can check out my full NFL season previews team by team on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash football game plan. And just follow me on Twitter at game Plan and continue to support the content is we'll have more college football stuff dropping down
2: the pike as well emory always enjoy the chat man i uh, hope you enjoy the football season we'll catch up with you again down the road man i
8: appreciate you man thanks
2: for having me on emory hunt joining us on the fixed nc live line chandler you uh you were excited there until he got to the sam darnold part but right he likes everything around it so that especially means that, that young
7: defense so if darnold's good panthers will be good yep the pressure is on for sam darnold and Dan Arnold. And Dan Arnold. And I I saw the day that they connected in practice for a touchdown.
2: Man, if the if the Arnold to Darnold wait, Darnold to Arnold, mm-hmm. or they could run a tight end reverse pass.
7: Arnold like a, to Darnold. Like a Philly special? Yeah, yeah.
2: Uh, if the uh, if that connection's going during the season we'll have a lot of fun with it yep. uh, great to chat with Emery, man like bouncing around uh, different football topics we will stick to the Pirates when we return and talk to Steven Igo from Hoist the Colors he'll join us uh, we'll talk about the first two days of ECU practice what has he learned if anything uh, when it comes to depth chart, roster, and uh, everything in between we'll have that for you when we return on Pirate Radio Live after this
0: to hour two of pirate radio live this hour is brought to you by university pc care your local tech support experts for all your business needs let university pc care take care of it so you can take care of business visit universitypccare.com to learn more today now back to the show
1: welcome back ube has an has been an ecu tradition for over 50 years shop online anytime at pirateware.com. ube has the biggest and best selection of ecu sportswear and accessories for pirates of all ages every day is game day at ube now let's head back in to pirate radio live here's clip rock all right rolling right along hour number
2: two of pirate radio live here on a thursday coming up at five o'clock troy d will be alongside we'll also welcome on Former pirate and now the head coach and AD out at Epps Middle School, Phoenix Evans, going to join us inside the Pirate Radio studios at 5 o'clock. Before we get there, we got a lot of pirate football to talk about with Stephen Igo from Hoist the Colors, who joins us on the Fixed NC Live Line. Igo, how you doing today, man? Doing good,
4: Cliff. How
2: about yourself? I'm doing great. Uh, we got football on tonight. Are you going to watch? Uh, what's the over under? Let's say five and a half game minutes of the hall of fame game over or under how much are you watching tonight
4: under man i'll be surprised if i even turn on a minute i just can't get into yeah preseason football especially the hall of fame game is like i feel like the starters don't even play
2: no they're not and if it was the broncos how much would you watch Probably five minutes. Okay, so my over under was a better uh, question for your team, not for the Steelers and Cowboys. All right, uh, Stephen, it was not a media availability today, day two day for ECU football. We'll have some comments from Mike Houston following Friday's practice, but today was day two of practice, Stephen, and it's very early on. But judging by, and I, I, I always commend you; you do a great job um, with your your VIP practice reports starting to learn at least what the first-team offense is going to look like or did look like on Wednesday. And what did you learn, Igo, specifically about the offensive line? Um, I know you have been interested in the center position with Fernando Fry and with Avery Jones sliding over there. That was uh, that was one thing you you had an eye on. So what did you learn about that?
4: So, uh, yeah, I had heard that they were planning to roll with Avery Jones as a starting center to begin preseason camp, based on how it ended in spring, and that uh, held true. They rolled with Avery Jones uh, again. This is just the what we saw in the brief availability of the walkthrough period. Yeah, uh, you know he, he was the starting center. They had Nashad Strother and Sean Bailey at guard, and then Bailey Malavik and Justin Chase at tackle as your starting offensive line. So, and you know who knows if that'll last up until the season? You have injuries. You have performance. Uh, How they draw it up on paper, very rarely does day one practice how the coaches think is going to go in their mind, kind of play out, whether it be health or performance related. So I think there's a lot that can change between now and then, but it's clear they want to let Avery Jones run at center and kind of see where it takes them. And if you think about it, it does make sense. I mean, if you get Avery Jones, who's one of your better guards, into the game in a different capacity at center, Uh, then you can utilize uh, more of the guards and really when I look at ECU's offensive line I think they have more interior guys than tackles and that allows you to kick Strother you know who can play tackle but probably is more of a natural guard inside of course you got Sean Bailey then you can use Fernando Fry, Trent Holler at either of those three positions you got some other young interior guys too so I just think Having Jones at center allows you to maybe rotate a guard a little more. It also gives you a more athletic center. Uh, you want your center to be one of the more athletic guys on the entire line, and Fernando Fry moves pretty well, but I think Avery Jones as a four-star recruit out of high school is a little bit different animal You know, when it comes to athleticism, speed, upside for an offensive lineman.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. And if it doesn't work out, you just go back to the well with Fernando Fry, who's a guy you can count on uh, to get the job done. So no harm, no foul, but uh, they are trying to roll that. go when you saw Bailey Malovic, did he look any more like a Division I, uh college football tackle? Uh, was he able to, to put the weight on this offseason?
4: Oh, yeah, it's night and day. I mean, he was bigger in the spring, and he's even bigger now. I mean, he looks – you know, he, he definitely looks the part. I, I don't know if he's quite 300 pounds yet, but he has got to be at least 290-plus. I mean, the the impressive thing about Malavik is he carries the weight extremely well. You know, him and the shot at Spro, they're really just – they just look good as far as, like, Division one offensive linemen. Maybe it's just because I've seen so many, so many bad offensive lines come through ECU, but, like, you know they don't have that big old gut or anything like that. They're they're 300 or close to 300 pounds, and they are pretty slim and pretty athletic for being that weight, which is always a good sign. You know that's kind of what you want. You want a guy who's like a slim 300 pounds if that's a, possib- a possibility, or somebody who carries the weight well because that usually means they can move well. They got good feet. They're naturally athletic. So with Malavik, he definitely fits that mold. Um, He's got to be on the Bryce Williams plan times uh, a million as far as having to eat uh, all the time because he's got extremely fast metabolism to hold that weight. But man, if he can if he can maintain that weight or close to it throughout the season with his athleticism, he's really got a shot to to I think grow into a bookend tackle this this program really needs.
2: Stephen Ayo joining us. Let's keep the big gut talk to a minimum if we could, Stephen. Moving forward, I'd appreciate that.
4: I'll do my best, man. I mean, I can't make any promises i mean i think that you uh if you can wear a hawaiian shirt and pull it off yeah um, maybe i can carry it well yeah you can carry the weight well as well
2: all right thanks uh noah henderson i go has returned to football activities uh 100 go he missed last year and that was a a huge miss for the pirates to tackle all 2020 you know have you been able to see any of him as of yet i go and uh How quickly are they ready, you think, to throw him back at a starting tackle position?
4: Yeah, he was out there yesterday, and he was moving pretty well from what I could see. He was going through the rest of the workouts like everybody else. Uh, I think for him it's going to be how does he look when the pads come on? You know, with a back injury, an offensive lineman, they have to bend so much, especially an offensive tackle. I really am curious how he's going to react to that. You know, what happens when you uh, take your step back and you get – you know, hit full speed by a two hundred sixty pound Rick DeBrayu off the edge. Like, how does he react to that? Uh, that you know, to me, it's tough to make a huge judgment when they're not in pads with anybody, but especially the offensive line. So, but I mean, just just physically, I thought he looked like to be in pretty good shape out there. You know, compared to when I saw him uh, last year at this time, he, he's lost he's lost some significant weight, trimmed down quite a bit. So. Yeah. Uh, he looks to be in good shape and, and looking forward to seeing how kind of his body reacts to uh, some some physicality and all that in the days ahead.
2: Steven, uh, something we will discuss throughout uh, fall camp is what does the running back situation look like behind Rajay Harris and Keaton Mitchell? Uh, after one day and, and seeing it very briefly, who looked good, I go, as far as the young RBs?
4: You know, just watching drills, I thought Pop McKay has the look. Of a running back, I mean, he just he, he, he fits the bill. He's kind of got that uh, low center of gravity, but wide shoulders, compact build that your really good running backs have, kind of similar to Rajay Harris. Um, you know, I didn't get to see much of Jamani Wilson. He was out there. I still think that the dark horse to watch is Macy O'Donnell. I mean, he's the uh, preferred walk-on has been the program now. This is his fourth year. Uh, Primarily a backup receiver and special teams guy in the past, but now has been moved to running back. And I just think they want a guy who can maybe catch the ball out of the backfield in certain situations, be a different dynamic threat. He's got some speed. He's not the biggest guy in the world. But I think he's really got a chance to carve out a role in the running back room. You know, probably not going to be a starter, might not even crack the top three, but that doesn't mean he can't play, you know, uh, five to ten snaps a game and have a role. Especially as a pass catcher. I mean, he's a, he's a former receiver, and he was a very good receiver at East Carter Red High School. So he's a guy that you know is going to be able to catch the football. And, and when they were running routes yesterday, just you know, routes on air, uh, he easily was the best back in terms of catching the football. You know, McKay uh, looked okay uh, as far as catching the ball, but uh, it, can, it comes easy to Donald, and I think that that's something they could take advantage of.
2: We look for any inkling of, of news or something we can use to to take into the season with us, Stephen. And the other day when I asked Mike Houston about the running backs behind Harrison Mitchell, Macy O'Donnell was the first name he brought up. Should I read anything into that? I'm going to, regardless.
4: I just think he's a guy that <laughs> earned his coaching staff trust. I mean, yeah. he's been in the program, and like even when he was a redshirt freshman. In 2019 as a third-string receiver. I mean, he's basically been stuck behind Tyler Sneed's hat field in the slot in the last two years. But
2: so they might just find some way to, to try to get him the ball somewhere else?
4: Yeah, and he's a guy that I remember as a true freshman when Tyler Snead emerged in 2018, talking to people in the program then, they were like, you know, not only do we have Tyler Snead, but we have this Macy O'Donnell kid who's got a chance to be a player in time as well. So yeah. Um, you know, we've seen it so many times over the years. You know, I've kind of been waiting on him to emerge. I just think he's been stuck behind a similar player in Sneed, and now that they moved him, uh, you could find a way to get him on the field. But at the least, he'll make an impact on special teams.
2: Steven, you uh, were you able to get a look at the tight ends at all? Anything stand out of that uh, that uh, busy position group?
4: You know, very briefly. I just thought uh, I saw Aaron Jarman. I thought he looks well put together. Obviously, haven't been in a college football program for. Three to four years now.
2: Looks like a uh, proven commodity out there.
4: Yeah, he was going through blocking drills, and it's safe to say he looked like uh, the most confident, proven commodity (laughs) of a blocker that I've ever seen. What's interesting that the tight ends were working next to the offensive line with Shankweiler and Coach Scott as far as just working on blocking technique, really hammering it home. That's something we haven't seen as much of in the past. More days, guys working out the receivers. Um, But they started practice, working out with the offensive line, doing some blocking stuff. Man, just the sheer number of tight ends and offensive linemen, like it's hard to even pick the guys out because it's like a small army. And you compare that to three years ago, and it's it's so night and day, man. I mean, you know, Mike Houston's first year, they had like Anthony Watley and Jeremy Lewis in the tight end room, and they had like eight offensive linemen that could play. So it's it's just it's such a difference it really is and um, we'll see how it translates this year.
2: I go. Uh, I had a ton of offensive questions for you. Not much on the defensive side. Any individual or any uh, group stand out when you were able to to see them uh, in person uh, yesterday?
4: Um, you know, not a ton. Uh, I thought that you know, got I got to watch the safeties a little bit, just going through drills, and um, they just again so many guys there like. How do you differentiate who plays and who doesn't? And it's just uh, Trip Weaver is coaching some of the new guys hard, especially uh, JUCO addition Julius Wood, who I've heard very good things about, and he was moving well. But you know, even even a guy like Teagan Wilt, I thought he looked noticeably bigger, uh, quicker, stronger. Jawan Powell, we've talked a lot about him and his growth this off season. Like those two guys, are kind of forgotten when you look at DJ Ford. Uh, Gyro Wilson, some of the new, some of the more familiar names in the secondary from the spring, and the, the additions. But we, you know, I think the the return of Teagan Wilk and Juan Powell and their progress is just as important as maybe some of the additions that we see at safety. So, um, Devin King, another new guy from Marshall, who looked very quick out there. Uh, Kingston McKentry is the JUCO kid. He was actually sitting out yesterday, so I'm not sure how long he'll be out at safety, but. Demetrius Mooney was running well. I mean, they have so many guys at that safety fan position that it's fun to see. But those are the guys that kind of caught my eye. Looking forward to getting back out there tomorrow. You know, we're only allowed 30 minutes. So, yeah. usually I try and focus on one position group. And we don't get a lot of team time. So, it's more like, hey, I'm going to watch these guys go through drills, kind of evaluate their movement, what type of shape they're in, and kind of make mental notes each position uh, every time I'm out there.
2: Steven, um... Just curious. We were talking about this with Bryce Williams and Nate Conner yesterday and of course Nate Conner runs the football program at Conley and Bryce Williams has been through both college and pro training camps and we were talking about conditioning tests and like famously I remember uh when Albert Hainsworth kept failing Mike Shanahan's conditioning test every day and he'd have to retake it and I remember asking we talked about Mike Houston uh talked to Mike Houston Monday and he said when everybody shows up wednesday they'll be ready to go do you think um is that something they did with big john maybe before this fall camp begins do they not have a a test on wednesday do you know anything about that
4: I honestly i'm not sure uh either way i yeah. think that they have some sort of uh conditioning test some sort of metrics you have to meet yeah um I'm honestly not sure though. I know when, when Ralph McNeil was here, they definitely had a condition test because I remember him mentioning multiple times that Terry Williams was the last one to finish. <laughs> he made it uh, the Swamp Monster. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's just uh, that's something I would have to ask uh, Big John if we could ever get him for an interview or uh, Coach Houston.
2: Good stuff. Uh, check out hoistthecolors.net. Igo uh, does his VIP observations. Steven, anything else uh, you got to plug today?
4: Uh, we just dropped our latest podcast. Uh, first time since I had a baby. Uh, so it's been a, been a little bit. But dropped our receiver position preview podcast. A couple weeks behind me and your mm-hmm. preview podcast. So we got some changes and um, we'll see how it goes. Got some interesting over-unders as well.
2: All right. I will tune into that because I'm fascinated to to see who's going to be the guy behind the knowns with CJ, with Sneed, with Omotosho, who's next in line. So I will be uh, tuned into that. Stephen, thanks for joining us, man. Have a uh, fantastic weekend. Hope Slater and Erica are doing well, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon.
4: All right. Appreciate it, guys.
2: There is Stephen Igo, Hoist the Colors, joining us on a Thursday edition of Pirate Radio leave let's take a time out we'll come back and wrap up why are you shaking your head bro you got something to say say it in the microphone
7: was that supposed to be funny
2: take a time out come back wrap was up that out. supposed to be funny shut up molly enough of you enough of you chandler do we not agree <laughs> we'll be back with more after this
0: You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by University PC Care, your local tech support experts for all your business needs. Let University PC Care take care of it so you can take care of business. Visit universitypccare.com to learn more today. Now, back to the show.
1: Welcome back. Tommy's Express Car Wash. Come experience the difference at Tommy's. Now open at the corner of Greenville Boulevard and Red Banks Road. Doesn't your car deserve it? Visit Tommy's Express Car Wash today. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here's your host, Cliff Brock.
2: All righty. A few minutes to go here to wrap up hour number two. Look at some day baseball. Mets, uh, their collapse is underway. They lose 4-2 to to the Marlins today. Javi Baez, who came over at the deadline from the uh, from the Cubs, over five five strikeouts in today's mm. loss to the Marlins. Uh the Mets still have a lead in the East. It is dwindling because the Braves have finally freaking done it. They won two in a row. Nice. the First time in I think over a month.
7: They broke it, right?
2: Uh they are fifty four fifty-four. Tonight they try to go over five hundred for the first time this season. They have not been over five hundred all year long. Can they do it? I think they can. Uh they try to sweep the Cardinals tonight in st louis the phillies are just one game back of the mets the braves are two back and right now the phillies are beating chandler's nationals one nothing in the third
7: i was going to mention the nationals insta well their social media team is doing a great job of teasing me with these young guys that we have on the team because they keep showing them hitting home runs and and then I look, oh, well, let's see what the score is, and we're losing by three runs or so. It's like an
2: Angels situation where you see, before it was Trout, now it's Otani. Otani's 35th homer, and then you look, and the Angels are down 6-2. to two, Yeah. Like, every night. Uh, Shirley's Red Sox struggling. They lost today again <laughs> to the Tigers. mm mm-hmm. uh, Game and a half back of first place Tampa. Now, you still got a cushion over the Yankees and the Blue Jays, but – those two teams uh, playing well right now. So, some interesting times for your Bo Sox, Shirley. They need to uh, start winning again.
1: Yeah, I don't know what's going on. But then again, you know, it's typical of the Red Sox. You know, it, it's they either come out playing really sluggish to begin the season um, and then they get hot at right at the right time. And then this particular season, it's been a little bit of both. I mean, they got off to a dreadful start. Uh, and then went on a hot streak, and now they've gone cold again. So, you know, it's typical baseball. Uh, I'd rather just wait until, you know, the postseason and see what they can do there. Uh, speaking of baseball, uh, I was just looking at uh, the Angels are playing the Rangers right now. They're going into the bottom of the ninth. The Rangers are currently being shut out, 5 nothing. However, Jarrell Cotton just uh, pitched two innings and uh, struck out uh, three and only allowed two hits in those two innings. So, uh, of course, Jarrell got called up from Round Rock Express uh, and is pitching for the Texas Rangers, so he came out of the bullpen to provide a little bit of relief. Uh, Not much, considering that the Rangers can't muster a run right now.
2: Three Ks in two innings for Jarrell Cotton. Well done. Uh, That's pretty cool. I have to keep an eye on that. As, uh, he is indeed pitching for the Rangers. I was not aware of that.
1: Just yeah, tough. yeah, I, I caught that. Uh, even though uh, I wasn't able to to be here, I was trying to keep up with all the the minor league stuff, and I'd seen that uh, Jarrell got called up. So, uh, so he's in the big leagues, and uh, uh, we'll see what happens. Tough league. It's a tough league. Big
2: league. But he's a good kid. He is a good kid. Um, tonight, I'll ask you the same question I asked Igo over five and a half game minutes how much football you watching Chandler
7: um I don't know I'm gonna probably go under I
2: already took um the under in the game and the Cowboys so I'll be watching over five and a half minutes tonight okay I'm gonna be locked in nice I'm gonna come in tomorrow in the three o'clock hour with Tony Dunn and I'm gonna have a full recap I'm gonna be talking about players you've never heard of
7: (laughs) and both of us probably won't be able to contribute well take notes Relax and take we will, notes. We'll, we'll be able to watch highlights. I'm always excited when football's back until in, you pre-season. turn it on. And, but, <laughs> but then the preseason, I, I still die. am not a big fan of the preseason. Well, nobody is. It's it's a,
2: a of course I,
7: and of course I am for my Carolina Panthers. But even then, I mean, I, it's not as exciting. I am excited to see the new guys that we get and the guys that are trying to make the roster. But
2: you don't want to see too much of them because they might get hurt. It's, exactly. It's not fun. We it's watched not that a
7: few fun. years ago when Cam Newton went down with an injury in the preseason I believe against the team that he's with now the New England Patriots Shirley uh, how about you over under five and a
2: half game minutes
1: uh I will definitely go under because since I didn't get any sleep last night I am going to be sleeping tonight
2: all right you're gonna be snoozing during yeah, the Hall of I'll Fame I'll be game. studying the back of my you eyelids you snooze
1: you lose <laughs> now you snooze and you snooze <laughs>
2: <laughs> let's uh take a timeout. we'll come back and get ready for hour three Troy D will be alongside we'll also talk to former Pirate now the head football coach, AD, out at CM Epps Middle School, Phoenix Evans, will join us as well. I uh, have some Holt Aylers and Jaquan McMillan audio. Uh, we might get to if we have time. And we'll make you a winner. Open up the Pirate Radio booty bag. It's all ahead, Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. It's on the way after this.
0: listening to hour three of pirate radio live this hour is brought to you by carolina hardscapes making memories with your family and friends is what life is all about if you have a dream of having a backyard patio fireplace pool walkways fire pits or more then carolina hardscapes is a place to call get started on your dreams today at carolina hardscapes on fire tower road across from bostick sun furniture now back to the show Welcome
1: back. Are you one who's been waiting before trying CBD? Well, ENS Hemp is the area's leader in CBD and they want to educate you on how their products work. Get relief from stress, anxiety, fatigue, pain, and PTSD today at ENS Hemp on Fire Tower Road near Sam Jones Barbecue or online at eshempcompany.com. Now let's head back in. Pirate Radio Live. Here's your host, Clip Brock. All right,
2: Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. we got a great giveaway coming up this hour, so stay tuned for that. We'll open up the Pirate Radio booty bag. Troy D. alongside for Hour 3. Troy, how you doing? Doing good, Clip. Good to be back. Good to see you again. Absolutely. Great to see you. A special guest in studio as well, former Pirate now the head football coach and ad at cmf's middle school phoenix evans joining us as well welcome to the show phoenix i thank you all for having me
9: and phoenix looks like we could put him back on the line at ecu he looks game and ready I, you know he he you played for coach shank who yes. is back too and he, you know we just get him a new jersey
2: and get, and get him a new you know slot him in there could have used you last year with all the injuries and everything yeah. on the o-line phoenix
10: <laughs> well I say I say had to say my playing days is over with, but um <laughs> if I could get out there and, and, and do a few plays I would love to with uh, Coach Shank, cause Coach Shank was a great coach.
9: You were here during the late nineties and uh during Logan's tenure. And during some of our great times, we went to three bowl games. uh, And, you know, you've been through the program. You've been through some ups and downs, Mm -hmm. too, with the program. But as you – first of all, let's talk about your career here at East Carolina. You blocked for Leonard Henry and a lot of other Pirates that uh, folks would be familiar with. When you look back at your playing days at East Carolina, what what are some of your favorite memories? Uh, I had a lot of uh, favorite
10: memories. I would have to say one would be uh, the win against Miami um, down there in the 1999 at the uh, Hurricane Floyd. Um, another uh, huge one would be actually my first game traveling to West Virginia, or actually my first game going to Charlotte. We played at uh, the, uh, Panther Stadium, Yeah. and we had West Virginia. Um, and I think
9: – The backyard the- uh, brawl, I think they called that Exactly, game. Yeah. exactly.
10: And then what happened was um, uh, we saw a message, I think Coach uh, Connor saw a message saying, uh, the West Virginia Mountaineers' first two games are two cupcakes. Oh yeah! So okay. uh, <laughs> once we won the game, uh, Coach uh, Coach Connors had shirts made that oh I thought we was cupcakes. So <laughs> yeah, that was actually exciting. So yeah, a lot of lot of lot of uh, great memories. A lot of guys I blocked for David Garard, like I said, Lennon Henry, Jamie Wilson. A lot of guys I had a great experience.
9: Former Pirate, uh, once a Pirate, always a Pirate, Phoenix Evans joined us in studio, all former offensive lineman, now currently with uh, Epps, as Eclipse said, as the head coach and also athletic director. We'll talk about that coming up in a little bit, but uh, let's talk about what happened to you after your playing days. Where Where did you end up after you graduated East Carolina? Uh, how did you end up in you know, not only are you in coaching and administrating, you also are a teacher you kind of wear a lot of different hats over there. Uh, take us back though back to like 2003 when you first got out of college and um, how you know now we're getting close to 20 years not to make you feel old but <laughs> wh- wh- where did that path lead when you first graduated ECU? okay
10: uh, what I, I tell my students now like make sure you know what you're doing once you um, make sure you have a, a goal set that you know what you plan on doing after school. Again, I can be honest with you, I didn't know what I wanted to do after I graduated. So therefore I went into, you know, financing automobiles for our Regional 7s Corporation. Then I started mentoring. Mentoring is very exciting, where I was able to, uh, you know, relate to some of the kids in this area, um, take them out of some situations, um, some, some bad situations, but uh,
9: that's how this journey started. So you I got know. to found your passion after graduation, after graduation, and, and you're like, hey, look, and nothing wrong working at regional acceptance, and yeah. those folks have made a lot of money, and you probably could have if you decided to stay that path, but that wasn't your passion. Your passion was mentoring young kids. Exactly, exactly.
10: So that that started all this. That started where I'm at now, mentoring, then getting into coaching, and um, find my path here, teaching, like you said, teaching AD and head coach. But again, I love the kids. I've always been, you know, go hard for my students. So again. That's why i meant now. That's what that's why it leads me to now um, being a um, head coach, AD. Well, your
9: your path is an interesting one because you spent time with uh, at JH Rose. You were two years on the staff there, and w- you have two state championships when you were there with Craig Thomas.
2: You were. We had uh, Brian Blick on the show yesterday. Was okay. he was he on those teams? Yeah. I would it? say Brian
10: Blick might have been a uh, <laughs> senior, my first year there.
2: Yeah, yeah. he's uh, now the director of football ops at Navy, so okay. we had him okay. on to okay. talk okay. some Navy football yesterday. Great guy, great guy.
9: You Lonnie Baker and Kent you did some time you went to a, a state championship with him you were at welcome middle school with Troy Smith another former pirate uh you were telling me about the the semi-pro team you were involved in assistant coach the uh, NC Rebels you guys won a national championship what last year
10: exactly yeah won a national championship um went down to uh Miami Florida played a team out of Florida won a national championship went 13-0 and and actually went right back to the national championship again this year in uh, Washington D.C. and played a team out of Texas so um, again, back to back national champion, national champions, and uh, number one in the nation.
2: Is that Eric Graham, Big E? Yeah, Big E. So yeah, you yeah, O lineman yeah. turn into pretty good coaches. It sounds like. It sounds like <laughs> they got to be <laughs> students job. of the game, Cliff. Yeah, yeah you know, you
10: we're some it. of the smartest guys on the field. That's yeah. what I hear. Yeah, <laughs>
2: that's
9: true. Well, and uh, you have to know everything that's going on around you. Got this you. Offensive got line. You. you. don't get. You know, there's not a lot of glory always. as the skill positions get all the attention, but really, as you know, it all starts with the O line.
10: Exactly. If you don't have any, um, if you don't have a great old line moving that force up front, you know, skill guys is just there.
9: So, well, so you've been at Epps for how long now? Uh, two years. So you came in last year. You started teaching, and you were going was gonna be your first year as a head coach, right? Exactly. But it got canceled because of COVID. So this is kind of your debut season. You've got a lot of coaching experience now. You've got a tremendous playing experience. This will be kind of your debut as as. Head coach Phoenix Evans, correct? Exactly. You nervous yeah. about being, you know, being the guy? that's one thing being assistant, but now everything's on you. Well, not nervous at all.
10: Um, I mean, just you know, the, the game of football. I mean, it's it's it changes your life. It's life lessons. So again, I've been in, around the game for about 14, 15 plus years coaching. Played it for about twenty five years, and also like I say I was the, the head JV coach at Kingston High at some point in time for about four years there. So again, um. I'm ready for it. Yeah,
9: and Clip, as you know, the athletic director is usually the one that hires or fires the head coach, especially with football. So i got to say he's got pretty good job security. Being I would say the, so, yeah. Being the AD, that's a, that's a power move right there, Phoenix. <laughs> I like that. You hey. got, at the end of the year, you have your cons- consultation with the AD to see how you did. And then, yeah, we're, we're going to redo this next year. Hopefully that goes well for Well, me. that means they can't let me go. <laughs>
2: there you go. Good call. Phoenix, how much, uh, even in 20 years, has uh, – I guess player safety has changed quite a bit over the years in football. What are the other big changes as you go from a player now to, to coaching your own team?
10: Well, now you—you, you, it's a lot of rules in play. Um, you know, like you said, with concussions, uh, it's totally different. Um, when we was coming, you know, we—it's a throw you some salt and wake you up. You back right. out there, but now you know with things going on, for folk injuries, folks dying. You want to make sure you. The, the student, the athlete, uh, you may want to make sure their safety is first. Yeah. So therefore, it's, uh, and then, he, and then the, 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 the heat. My God, I mean, I, I know I played out here in this heat. I'm, I'm talking about the heat now. It's like, could I do this now? Yeah. <laughs> we, had, we talked
2: to uh, Will Bland last week. They have a rule in high school. I guess if it's a certain degree or certain something outside, you have to go inside. You can't practice. Is that I guess the same for, yeah, for I, you guys? I would.
10: I'm always checking the heat, making yeah. sure you uh, it's not too hot now. I want to say the last practice we had was real hot, so I I let the boys
9: take water breaks excessively. Coach Connors didn't have that rule back when we were at ECU, did he? <laughs> nah, we, yeah. we he waited until it room. was a certain amount and then you went out. <laughs> it's too cool to it's practice got, yeah. now. Let's we wait. gotta wait till it gets about 98 or <laughs> the humidity's not enough. We gotta wait till so he was like the opposite back then. Well,
10: I kind of take some of that, uh, some of that with me. Um, like I tell the boys now that I'm coaching, we're not gonna we're not gonna practice in nine o'clock or 12 o'clock at noon. We play at four o'clock, so we're gonna practice at four o'clock. So to make sure they, uh, they can handle the, uh, well, the weather.
9: Well, you're right. I and mean, you got to get acclimated to it. And if you never get acclimated to it when you play in that heat, then you're going to be at a disadvantage. Exactly. If you're used to practicing in it, I think it is something that it's not that as big of a deal. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's good, good coaching. I've seen a lot of your drills too. Where do you get your, who's your influence in coaching? You know, who have you, when, when you, now that you're the head guy, who did you, who do you kind of model your coaching style after? I wouldn't say model.
10: I would say I take different pieces from different, um guys I've coached with.
9: Like who would be your mentors, like you like this from this coach and that from that coach. Um well I say coach Thomas, say
10: uh, Rose. I like his um the how he go into the game plan. This is I take his mentality where steady film, uh, you know, know know your opponent. That's where I get that from. The uh the drills will had to come from Coach Anderson, um, who I coached with a long time at a. Uh, um uh, at Kenston High, which he's actually uh, up under Coach Thomas. He was one of Coach Thomas's uh, protégés. So I would say uh, Coach Anderson taught me a lot of those drills, so that's where I got that from. But, um, again, also Diesel at Kenston. Now, um, who I coached for a year I said Kenston also took some of his drills as well. But if I, if I would say model, um, it would have to be Coach Thomas um, just because just his wisdom and how he, he approached the game of football, how he was so prepared. Um, you just can't win seventy-two games in a row without being prepared. So
9: yeah, do you, like one day do you, do you feel like you want to move up like to hey, I'd like to go be a high school coach or you know, I want to stay at this level and just kind of enjoy my life, yeah you Because know, it is more pressure every time you move up a level. It's a little more pressure every time. Exactly, exactly. And if you if you're in the game of coaching, you also you want to you want to move up.
10: I mean, I'm not saying it's going to happen immediately, but you want to see you want to see change, you want to see growth. So again, if it's high school, that's for if it's for me, it's for me. Mm-hmm. How
2: tough is it to go from semi-pro high school to middle school where your guys aren't as developed as those other guys? So how tough is that for you as a, a coach to know your personnel? Um,
10: There's different levels, how you can talk to them, you know how you can motivate them. So as a, as a semi-pro, some guys that's already played college football, maybe played pro football a little bit, just got to just have them get, get them motivated. But te- teaching a middle schooler, is it's your passion. It's like your energy. And coaching, like they see that you can't you can't fool them with that. So they see their coach like, okay, I see Coach Evans is like all in. I want to go all in for him. And that's just me. I'm gonna give them all when I'm out there coaching them. And um, as high school, um, they're know, a little bit older. Like they're a little bit older.
9: Yeah. <laughs> technology. A, a, Alexa going off. The, <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> came from. It just that was <laughs> Sorry.
2: But
10: as middle school, um, I mean as high school, um, those guys are a little bit older than what they were in middle school. So they 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 Kind of grasp what we, we're looking for,
2: so and Troy, you said it was okay if he cussed out your kid on the field. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, I told him, you, do whatever you got, to do. he's the coach.
9: I, I'm not getting listen involved to the coach, right? yeah. yeah. And I, and, and full disclosure, Tyler is my son, uh, is uh, going to be playing for you this year. He's really excited about it. I mean, he's you know been played football before, played other sports before, but it, this is probably maybe some of the most exciting, you know, he went out just for summer. Workouts clip, and usually those aren't a lot of fun, you know. But he came back all jacked up, so I don't That's whatever he's awesome. doing is working because That's I know great. I talked to some of the other kids too. And they, if you can have fun during summer workouts <laughs> for football, you're doing something right, coach. So, <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Uh, Phoenix Evans, our special guest in studio, was a pirate standout 1998 through 02. Uh, th- and once a pirate, always a pirate, as we said. Now you're you're coaching in the shadow of Dowdy Ficklin Stadium, uh, Epps literally across the. The street from Dowdy-Ficklin Stadium, so a place that you've been by a thousand times now is, is your home. Uh, how how closely do you still monitor what goes on with the ECU program, and uh, what is your take of it so far? Well, like currently?
10: you said, like you said, Pirates for life. So I'm definitely taking notice and looking, and you know, seeing the different coaches that's coming in. Like I said, with Coach Houston, his third year, I'm very excited about this year. Um, so I'm I'm definitely taking notice of what's going on. Like I stated earlier, I, I see this depth in the old line. A lot of guys look a little bigger than what he was last year. So, and the two running backs, Najee Harris, and um, I can think of the young guy, um, Keaton Mitchell. Keaton Mitchell, I'm looking forward to seeing them, um, you know, running the rock a little bit more this year. So, again, I'm 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 excited about the season.
2: You mentioned uh, Coach Shank earlier. You said something that dozens and hundreds uh, of players have told us, Troy, and that's that he's a great coach. What about Steve Shankweiler makes him a great coach? He's still able. You know, this seasoned as he is to relate to the younger guys and to be a good O line coach. What do you What do you remember about him coaching? You?
10: Co- coach Egg is a, a, a no nonsense guy. So when I say uh, he's a great coach, he, he, the technique um, he's been around the game for years. So you, you, he put guys in the NFL. So you got to kind of like, you know, look at that as he know what he's talking about. All right. So he's not going. He's going to make sure the right five is on the field. Um, he's not going to sugarcoat it. He's going to call you out if you're not doing what you are supposed to do. And, and, and again, he'll call you out right in the meeting. And I always say the, uh, the eye in the sky don't lie. That's the camera. So the eye in the sky don't lie. So, again, just just his motivation, just his, his knowledge of the game and how passionate he is on the um, practice field. I mean, great great guy to uh, play for, great coach.
9: He's got a good little sense of humor too. Very, know? very. That's why I started laughing. Even with the yeah. players? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, okay. Bad. All right. I was bad. just wondering
2: if that was off the field it's or if that bad. was on the,
9: on the field. It's off it's the field. A little sarcastic at times, <laughs> but he, I, he's funny. You know, he's not mm-hmm. afraid to you know make you laugh a little bit.
2: Well,
10: I, I got a story to tell about Coach Shane. So my first um, time traveling, we had um, uh, stayed in a hotel. He normally gives us tests. You know what our assignments is the night before. So I come back downstairs the morning because uh, we have a little walkthrough. I left my test i was like oh my god let my test so well son well if you ain't got no test you ain't playing today i said oh let me find it so i i, I find it i gave it to him he said well son everything is up here is wrong so i'm nervous because you don't know, like but he's like son just calm down everything
2: is right so but yeah he's definitely he's definitely got a uh, <laughs> he just like pull it uh, yank your chain
10: a little bit yeah exactly
2: <laughs> great to have him back for what Troy is fourth stint he yeah, sees
9: fourth or fifth uh, he keeps leaving track. and coming back phoenix he can't oh, wait he can't is this stay an olympic away? uh sport right i turn I mean, it over here i it, this is an olympic sport i feel i could be an olympic champion in
2: this so chad this, uh tweeted this is literally
9: walking yeah I, and this is something phoenix i do every day and this is like they're not even really walking that fast it's just like it's just walking maybe i don't even know if i consider that speed walking clip they're just waving their arms faster
2: and where's the ref if you start running do you get a flag do you get a technical like how does it work i think i i could be competitive in this
1: well they just showed it a little while ago but one of the speed walkers was walking and then all of a sudden just left the racetrack all uh, whatever the path whatever you want yeah just left because and hit the porta potty <laughs> <laughs> like they yeah, showed that live on tv that's
9: perfect that's <laughs> right. i've walk. done that in my neighborhood before i've walked and i've hit a porta potty in the neighborhood it is super yeah. weird this oh. is something i could really i'd love to participate in this this i could finally be an olympic athlete
1: i mean they're sashaying about as hard as they can right now those, i mean you could throw a hip out with those, those. hips yeah. are moving.
9: they are they are going left and right on the hips i think a lot of that's just for show I think they're just grandstand just a little
2: eye candy. <laughs> yeah, that is girth, a that is a goodness. weird deal. Maybe the weird. Definitely some tight there. shorts. Yeah. I mean, good lord, what
9: That's is going mo. on
2: in slow mo? This is, yeah. it's a little obscene here, but that zoom in slow mo is not a good thing. <laughs> yeah. Not a good thing. I mean, because
1: they look like they're running in slow mo. Yeah. There's, all right.
2: I'll I I'm right, sorry. I got to get it back
9: on track. Sorry. Sorry. Track. Right. But I, you,
2: I got a question about your former playing days. You mentioned uh Miami earlier. I, I thought of a question before Troy asked you that, and who were the toughest players you faced while at ECU? I got to imagine, I don't know, it was Vince Wilfork on that team, but who were who were some of the toughest guys you had to block in a game? Do you remember any?
10: Uh, one one guy coming to mind would be Dwight Freeney. Yeah. Dwight Freeney was um, definitely All-American. Um, got Syracuse? One, Syracuse got one sack on me um, that game. and Which I always, that ain't bad. Eh? Which ain't bad. I, I, always talk, uh, I always tell the guys – well, he got one sack on me, but he got uh, eight sacks against Jonathan Ogden, thirteen time for <laughs> yeah, low.
2: Hall of Famer. So yeah.
10: uh, again, on a Monday night at that, so
2: yeah,
9: there you go.
10: And then um, Julius Peppers, so oh was yeah, t-
9: was he as good as advertised?
10: Julius Peppers is definitely good as advertised. Uh, uh, great athlete, um, he did everything. You know, he can ch- he can drop back out in flats, snatch an interception, take it to the house. So you know, you don't see six six guys, three hundred pounds, moving like moving that fast.
9: H- how much junk talk? to you guys on the line, is there? I know there's a lot of John that goes back and forth with receivers and stuff, but what about on the line? I mean, you guys are bigger guys. How much junk did defensive linemen talk to you, or do they not really do that as much because you're banging heads every play anyway? Oh, no, it's it's,
10: it's a lot of junk talk. I mean, it's, it's a lot of d- dirtiness that's going on um, in the piles. You know, um, I think I witnessed one against Louisville. Guy didn't last long, but I witnessed him uh, spitting one of our guys' uh, face.
1: Mm.
10: But um, it's a it's a it's a lot of junk talk. It's a lot of you know pulling and trying to you know break a arm or ankle in, in those piles. But you got to be tough. You just got you got to be mentally tough and physically tough to get up out of there.
2: Troy, let's get a break in. we'll come back. We'll have more with Phoenix Evans, former Pirate, now head coach AD at CMFS. So we also got to make you a winner. A lot more to go. Hour three of Pirate Radio Live. We roll on after this.
0: Listening to hour three of pirate radio live this hour is brought to you by Carolina heartscapes making memories with your family and friends is what life is all about if you have a dream of having a backyard patio fireplace cool walkways fire pits or more then Carolina heartscapes is the place to call get started on your dreams today at Carolina heartscapes on Fire Tower Road across from bostic Sun furniture now back to the show
1: welcome back and uh, making memories with your family and friends is what life is is all about, and if you have a dream of having a backyard patio, fireplace, pool walkways, fire pits, or more, then Carolina Hardscapes is the place to call at 364 1201. Or you can stop by the Carolina Hardscapes Outdoor Showroom on Fire Tower Road across from Bostic Sug Furniture get started on your dreams today at Carolina Hardscapes. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here's Clip Brock. Hi,
2: right, thanks Shirley Rhodes, Chandler Honeycutt producing today's program, Troy D alongside, and Phoenix Evans joining us inside the Pirate Radio studios as well. Yeah, during the break we were watching some of the walking competition in the Olympics, which is an Olympic
9: sport, and I said this is something I could do. Phoenix, you said, well I guess it just depends how far you got to go. Exactly. Clip, you did the work. Uh, evidently, I might have spoken too soon. Because, uh, allegedly, if your information is correct, this is a Mm 50-kilometer race. Correct. uh, Which, uh, oh, just 50. Uh, But if you do the math, we don't really think of kilometers. How many miles?
2: What did you say, 30? By my calculations, 31 miles. 31
9: miles. miles. Now, a marathon is only what? Like 23, 24 miles or 26? I don't forget what the exact count on a marathon. But that's more than a marathon. Um, and you're walking, this thing would take, it's like you said, hey, go walk to Kinston.
2: Yeah, go walk to the Wood Ducks game. <laughs> yeah,
9: that would be the equivalent of this thing if that's how far they're going on this deal.
2: And it looks like the record, Good like Lord. the fastest time is around three hours and 30 minutes. So, yeah, that's a pretty it's a hell of brisk walk.
9: pace yeah. to get done that quick. Cause I figured, well, if they're walking five miles an hour, it's going to take six hours. But, you know, obviously they're walking quite quicker than that. They're getting it. I was thinking, well, man, I could, you know, if I was walking from here to, like, the student center, I'd... <laughs> Maybe I'd you could
2: start. do the... I could do the short track. The 100 meters. Right, exactly. Walking. Everybody yeah. has a specialty. You could be the Carl Lewis of <laughs> speed walking. <laughs> um, Phoenix Evans join us in studio.
9: Former Pirate greats, current uh, athletic director and head coach at CMF's middle school. This is an interesting year, you know, for you, as we said, it's your debut year as a head coach. It's your debut as the AD and I had some f- friends ask me, going, what's going on at Epps? Because they drive by, and it looks like a you know, a bomb had gone off. I, they, I said, well, they're rebuilding the school, basically, from the inside out. Last year, or two years ago, it got hit by a, a hurricane. The roof blew off half the school. <laughs> so all the eighth grade classes, had they they've basically took, they got insurance money, and they rebuilt that whole side. But you can imagine the damage with the roof blown off of all that. The, the classrooms but it, they were able to use that money to rebuild a lot of the classroom space in the seventh and eighth grade side and then i think I, what i understand is as they were doing this construction they set, found some other issues and you know the school is one of the oldest schools in the county and they decided you know it's a lot more cost effective just to repair and fix than it is to build a brand new school somewhere so they're spending millions of dollars, but the good news is Epps is going to look incredible when they finish. The bad news is it affects your football season uh, because to rebuild the school from the inside out, they had to dislo- they had to relocate some of these classrooms that they can't use right now. So they brought in temporary trailers in place of classrooms and they had to put them on some of the football field. Exactly. So now you can't now here's where it, here's where it hits cl- home. Clip Rock. Epps can't play a home game now because of the. Remodeling. Oh man, college yeah. road warriors. So, yeah, you, know, you got you got to play every game on the road. <laughs> on the road, brutal. That's a tough. That's a tough go for your first. And and you were supposed to start last year, and your season got canceled because of COVID. Now you get your. You finally get your start. Now every game's gonna be a road game.
10: Yeah, I, I said that. I haven't next told that to the students yet, but um, uh, our mentality is we have to go in um into it as road warriors. So yeah, um, in order to do that, you know, you got to be physically mentally mm-hmm. ready. So. Uh, I'm going to roll with the punches. And even it.
9: the practice field, you, you're lucky. If you can get 50 yards,
2: you're going to be lucky, right? I hope to get if 50 you you yards. You don't even have a
9: full <laughs> football field to practice on, club.
2: Well, you'll have plenty of speeches about overcoming adversity, yeah. uh, Coach. That's for sure. Because you got a lot going against you right now. Yeah.
10: Well, you know, um, adversity comes, we just, just got to be able to uh, uh, overcome it.
2: At least your road trips aren't that long. You're not heading to any other states or anything. Stay in yeah, well, the so county,
10: right? Aiden Griffin might be the farthest. <laughs> there you how, go. So how
2: many games do you play
9: at, at middle school? Level? we got eight. Eight,
10: then I
2: thought,
9: do you I play
10: everybody twice, or um, or everybody once. once, okay. And are I I my A. J. Cox game.
2: Raiders on the schedule? We don't, they're division,
10: uh, we like they brought the divisions in, so it's like division one, division oh, two. Okay. so um, the championship for division two and championship for division one will play cool. uh, in the okay. championship game. So if they make it to uh championship game, what we do, we'll play A. J. Cox. So who,
9: who would you consider the big rival? Is it uh, ACOC? I mean, yeah, uh, ED, kind of cross. Cross street rival, yeah. perhaps round the corner
10: rival. Yeah, EBA uh, yeah. College be the rival.
9: kind of the that's the uh, the Blue Devil Tar Heel <laughs> basketball equivalent of uh, rivalry. NC right State Pirates. Yeah, there you go. Even better. That's a good one.
2: How much uh, uh, are y'all able to to have official practices before the season starts?
10: Uh, I, is, well, we actually, um, you know, our first game is September the ninth. Well, the jamboree is not, uh, September the second. So I, I'm looking forward to going Monday through Friday, um, two hour, two and a half hours
9: uh, uh, a day.
2: Good deal. Jamborees, a bunch of different schools getting together to play exactly, each other.
9: Exactly. Um, September the 2nd. And in, in this type in middle school ball, do most kids play both sides of the ball? Uh, or how many do?
10: Most kids will play both sides of the ball. It depends on our numbers and, and then who can play the position, who, who can have an impact in the game. But ones who can go both ways, I plan on allow them to go both ways. Is your
9: offensive line sometimes some of your defensive line? Too? Exactly. Yeah. Is that the toughest spot to kind of fill the line? I mean, you, that's where you come from. and it, it seems like that's the spot East Carolina has struggled with in, in recent years to to find good players and to get depth in. Is, is it is it that way all the way down? It is because, you know, um, O-line want to say they want to think they're skilled guys. You
10: know, you, you, you <laughs> got them. I can play wide receiver. I can play running back. Well, uh, son, no, you can't. Uh, it's just, <laughs> it, you're just not built for it. But. I don't want to destroy their dreams, but, um, again, eventually i will be placed on the O-line. Now, obviously, I, I went to Epps. So I went to Epps, and, and Coach Peacock and Coach Pollard was the ones that coached me there. So Oh, did you?
9: I did yeah. not know you were yeah. you an Epps alum.
10: So when you say it's old school, it was actually like that when I went there. So
9: yeah. it's very old. Now, will say it is looking good. Looking real good. Looking and when they finish in another year or
2: so, it's going to be fantastic for you oh, yeah. guys. Oh, yeah. so. so did you go to Rose?
9: I ended up moving um, from
10: um, – Greenville to Kinston on that High School, so I got gotcha. Kinston
2: High. All right, you mentioned Jamie Wilson earlier. He's a uh, a D.H. Conley Viking like myself, a little older than me, but I remember we were. Uh, he was like a legend uh, out there at Conley, and he uh, had some great games here. That the uh, Miami game in uh, Carter Finley Stadium. Oh yeah, Jamie uh, oh, yeah. had a good game in that one. So I remember that. Yeah, you said up. that was
9: one of your favorite memories. Yeah,
10: um, when you when I say it's one of my favorite memories is is definitely one of my favorite memories. Uh, as you know, what we went through. Well, here came Floyd, uh, mm-hmm. I was going to South Carolina, playing South Carolina down there. And, um, and, um,
9: and really getting displaced after that. Yeah. You know, folks that weren't around then went to South Carolina, beat South Carolina on the road, and the team wasn't able to come back to Greenville. The, the, the flooding was so bad that they ended up, you weren't able to come back home. The mm-hmm. team wasn't. Um, and a lot of the players' apartments and stuff had flooded. There was no, you know, There's nothing you could do about it. I remember they were gone for a long time. And then couldn't play the game. The green the game was supposed to be in Greenville. Exactly. They were coming to Dowdy Ficklin. And unfortunately, with the power issues, with the flooding issues, would, there's, the area wasn't ready. I remember the police saying at the time, look, we have all our resources out in the community. We can't uh, patrol a football game right now. Mm-hmm. So they moved it to Raleigh. And, it, and to NC State's credit, they let Carter Finley become you know, EC's home field that day. Mm-hmm. And they let, they were very courteous to the Pirate fans. That was probably one of my greatest memories as a fan. And it was just first come, first serve. They just opened up, you know, if you had a ticket, you and it was packed. We were, we were wondering how many people would go, but I think at that point, everybody was so fatigued from Hurricane Floyd and so sick, they were ready for an outlet or something. Mm-hmm. And every, I mean, it was a who's who. I think we filled Carter Finley Stadium at that time. I mean, I remember it was packed. It was about 50,000 people back then.
10: Well, actually, one of the loudest crowds I've, I've, I've been involved with. Um, again, you know, Miami jumped up on us 20 to 3. Yeah. And we went in halftime.
9: And playing the Hurricanes, how ironically. Play, playing the Hurricanes. And then you're getting way behind and, and getting <laughs> killed at halftime. And nobody left. Nobody, I remember at halftime, nobody was even like, oh, this is over. We're like, oh, we got them where we want them mm-hmm. now, you know. It mm-hmm. sure so,
10: and, and exactly when you say that, um, Coach, Coach Logan came in. Really didn't say much, and he just said, just listen to the crowd. So the locker room was was quiet. We still heard y'all as loud as y'all were. We still he- heard y'all in the locker room. Came out won the game, and it was actually one of the greatest games I've been involved, been, been involved with.
9: Might be the last time, I'd have to look, might be the very last time a young Troy D. stormed the field. <laughs> I don't think there's been a storm the field situation since.
2: Did you say might have to look? Was that in, like, there, like I, a record book somewhere? <laughs> your no, no, I'm saying it, it, it,
9: last time ECU stormed. There might, no, I think 99. No,
2: and people got tased for oh, the that's uh, West
9: right. Virginia game. That's right, yeah. they did. That it did happen after that. Good point.
2: The West Virginia. Yeah, the down. Kinston police officer. Speaking of the last time, Phoenix, you know the last time ECU beat South Carolina? When was the last time? <laughs> when you were playing. Wow. 1999, ECU 0-4 against South Carolina since then. Got a chance to uh, break that curse this year. This century. September this be 11th. This first
9: win this century over the Gamecocks. Yeah.
2: I uh, like our chances this year. If we're going to get them, this is the year to do it. I agree. They got a new head
9: coach. coach. It's only their second game. They won't have it all figured out. We got them at home. I mean, there's a lot of things going if I just wish it was a six o'clock kickoff. Home club. opener.
2: Yeah, it'll be a God, winter. if it could
9: have been a six or seven o'clock kickoff,
10: <laughs> man. Well, uh, actually, um, South Carolina made me pick who I wanted to go to when I went and watched them play against East Carolina um, against Scott Harley in the rain, in the um, torrential downpour. 96? 96. Yeah. They, yeah, they I took me on a fish visit. wild and game. Watched the game. I was like, you know what? East Carolina
2: Pirates is on my radar now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Who uh, did you – what were the other schools coming after you or you thought about going to?
10: I had uh, South Carolina, I had Clemson. Um, Kentucky was uh, very hard. So I was like, what is in Kentucky? <laughs>
2: like, it's basketball. <laughs> like, yeah. but, uh, Do you
10: remember
9: which ECU coach at the time was recruiting you the most? Uh, coach Mac
10: M- McManus. Okay. Yeah, oh, yeah, I remember him. Coach, yep. yeah, coach yep. McManus. Yeah. Nice guy. Great guy. Yeah. Um, Steve Logan came to the school, so –
2: Interesting now here in those names. Kentucky has improved their football program but Clemson certainly wasn't what they are now back then right Exactly Yeah they're a powerhouse now They have turned it up a few notches Did you uh, have any good
9: Steve Logan stories <laughs> He was a unique cat
10: Steve Logan was Steve Logan uh, it, it was really not a story to tell uh, I mean no not again a no nonsense guy I was very adamant about you know winning at no cost of, uh, when I say winning, winning on the last play of the game. Uh, he
9: loved – I mean, he would preach that all the time. I'm like, Coach, how about we blow someone out for a change? <laughs> nope, no, nope. Last play of the game. <laughs> Phoenix, don't let him get by you. Don't let him get by you, Phoenix. You're killing me, Phoenix. Yeah, You're exactly, killing me.
10: Exactly. So, it, it, I mean, winning at any cost,
9: but last
10: play of the game, make sure we're still in the game. So, Yeah, I mean,
9: he did. We won a lot of games – on the last play of the game, he loved winning the game on the last play of the game. he oh, did yeah. preach.
2: Pre- so is that why you would get mad when Ruff would say win by one and get out of there? You had flashbacks to Logan. Yeah, I'm like, why can't hey we, Ruff, why, let's win one by 24. Yeah, why
9: can't we win it by 21? Nah, win yeah.
2: by one and get out of there. Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I get
9: their point, but hey, look, if you blow someone out, let's blow them out, right?
2: Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. all right, we uh, had a few blowouts. Had a few blowouts. definitely. Let's get uh, another break in, Shirley. We need to make somebody a winner right now. <laughs>
3: Booty, 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 booty
1: everywhere. Booty, 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 booty
2: booty everywhere. All right, the Pirate Radio Booty Bag is open. Shirley Rhodes, what are we giving away today?
1: We're going to give away a shrimp taco lunch courtesy of Chico's. Oh, man,
2: that's a good one. 317-1250. What caller are we looking for?
1: 12.
2: Caller 12, 317-1250. You can be a winner more with Phoenix Evans when we return on Pirate Radio Live after this.
0: You're listening to hour three of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Carolina Hardscapes. Making memories with your family and friends is what life is all about. If you have a dream of having a backyard patio fireplace, pool walkways, fire pits, or more, then Carolina Hardscapes is the place to call. Get started on your dreams today at Carolina Hardscapes on Fire Tower Road, across from Bostick Sun Furniture. Now back to the show. Welcome
1: back. Save lives, be a hero, and make a thousand dollars your very first. First month donating plasma at Griffel's Biomat USA is the easiest way to make extra money. Start now at Biomat USA on 505 South Memorial Drive and make up to a $1,000 in a month. And save lives now at Griffel's Biomat USA. A better donor experience and better pay. And congratulations to Stuart Brooker of Winterville. Picked up a shrimp taco lunch courtesy of Chico's. Grab your amigos and head to Chico's. Enjoy your favorites like shrimp tacos, steak and chicken, fajitas, burritos, enchiladas, ACP, and more. Plus, ice-cold cervezas and Chico's famous margaritas are always available. For Mexican food and fun, it's got to be Chico's. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Cliff Brock.
2: All righty. We made it through the off-season kinda. There's a preseason football game tonight, the Hall of Fame game. Phoenix's, what time? Phoenix's Dallas Cowboys are playing. He's what a channel? Cowboys fan. I believe this is NBC, Troy D. NBC. So you get eight your o'clock? Your Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth. Who are they playing? 8 o'clock. They're playing the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'll take it. If that's the only thing they're feeding you, I'm going to eat it. <laughs> so which, who are you taking?
9: Oh, I'll take it as I'll watch it. Oh, I'm okay. not going to take okay. anybody, but All I'll right. watch it.
2: I guess. Spectator. Uh, so Dak's not playing. Do y'all still have the, uh, is it Danucci? The kid that played for uh, for Donnie Kirkpatrick, he was his coach. The backup quarterback, I don't know. I don't yeah, know who's going to even play in this game. I know when he said Dak was out. I it's, <laughs> I, think out? It's, I think it's Denucci. So yeah. When's the rest of the preseason start? Next Thursday. Okay, so we're this is a week ahead of time. Yeah, Hall okay. of Fame games always a week ahead. Okay, because I got some. Uh, tickets for
9: soldier field i need to dump if anyone's interested hey
2: justin fields debut yeah get them while they're hot i know Troy i got them listed on Ticketmaster, but back and pull them off if someone locally would like them <laughs> i tell you what Troy, you might break the bank um the week they announced justin fields is making his first start yeah there'll be some interest in that i thought about going up to the uh packer game this year i thought that might be a good game to go to maybe your last time to see aaron Rodgers as a that'd packer be kind of cool against but it, the bears but then
9: i figured that would be a good one to sell too
2: yeah yeah
9: this guy i tell you what we're fascinated by watching the uh the well, walk, the speed walking that guy from china is about like 300 yards in front of the entire pack it's a clip he's walking like his life depends on it
2: probably because his life depends on it hey yo. hey yo, so, yeah shirley wasn't ready and she didn't need i didn't need to be ready for that right <laughs> yeah all right, sorry. That was just was a that little... supposed to be fun? <laughs> yes, it was, Coach Mullis. You're not that guy, pal. Trust me, you're uh, not that guy. A little Olympic pal. humor. A little Olympic humor. Uh, yeah. What'll
9: you... be more uh, interesting to watch, the speed walking or the Cowboys game tonight? i to say the Cowboys. game.
2: <laughs> and by the way, I was wrong. Thank you, Chad. The game is on Fox. Fox. Okay. Right. So now we got to hear another Cowboy, Troy Aikman. Probably. Uh, yeah. I don't know.
10: Well, you know, Troy Aikman is he? I won't say he's by. He's just he just regular. He's not going to give us a. a, a He's not going to
2: overdo it. Is that what it. Cowboys fans think? He's, like, overly unbiased? Yeah, he's not going to
10: overdo it for us. So. Hard Some,
2: Knocks. You ever watch Hard Knocks, uh, Phoenix? Yeah, I do. Cowboys will be featured. That starts next week, Troy D. I so, yeah, see awesome.
10: it's a lot of Cowboys going on this, this month.
2: I haven't
9: Gross. got hooked into many shows, but I'm, I'm approaching two now that I'm getting ready uh-huh. to uh, get locked into. I'm going to commit to watch Hard Knocks this year. Okay. Because I do find – even though I'm not a Cowboys fan, I do find it fa- – Jerry Jones, the personalities – I do think it'll be entertaining, so I'm going to watch for the pure entertainment portion of the Cowboys okay. just to see. I want to see how they do things behind the scenes. Okay, you know, and it might be some interesting stuff there, tidbits, okay. depending what they let us show. How much uh, editorial rights do they let Jerry Jones have? Uh, yeah, you that's your question. No, don't, 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 don't put that on there. That's my bad side. <laughs> don't die. cut that out. You know, but anyway, I, I'm going to commit to watch Hard Knox on HBO, and I just watched. I started season two last night. Clip episode one <laughs> i'm kind of embarrassed to admit it but i know you're with me in this yeah outer banks the second season has dropped on netflix the best worst show and, yeah and now i'm hooked on it again
2: i have not started
9: yeah, season two so now, yet. okay so i won't discuss anything with john b or any of that stuff but yeah. uh will we can discuss that at a later date you've got your homework now and yeah.
2: next monday or next thursday we can discuss uh, yeah. episode one or two we'll recap some eps yeah phoenix you got any good shows you're uh you're streaming right now are you all football? No, nah, I'm
10: I'm actually uh uh, when you say Outer Banks, my daughter was just telling me about the Outer Banks. You know? I <laughs> that's who living. watches it, smaller <laughs> females. Uh, well, I, I how old's your daughter? Thirteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thirteen-year-old I was, girls. Like, I was like, "What is you like? What is what is Outer Banks? Like it's on Netflix, Daddy? Like yeah. so? I, that's oh first God. time I heard it. it was so even more embarrassing. It's,
9: yeah, that's the audience. Uh, middle-aged white guys and thirteen-year-old girls. Yeah,
2: <laughs> there you go.
9: That's who's watching Outer Banks. Uh, it, it, I did see it's trending number one on netflix
2: oh yeah, yeah. Right people now. like it it's a yeah. guilty pleasure now here's the uh, thing if you
9: want to see now this is uh here here's a uh, i guess uh a netflix hack instead of watching the first season like if you want to watch it with your daughter they've got a three minute recap that you can under the like previews mm-hmm. for, ne- uh, for outer banks and in three minutes you can watch a recap of season one And it shows you everything you've missed. And literally, like, if you didn't watch a single episode, you don't know what happened. After three minutes, you'll be completely caught up to date on where it is, and you can start season two fresh. I'm like, I wish I knew this. I could have saved a lot of time and just watched this three. <laughs> Did you see the three-minute recap? I have not. It was excellent. It was well done, and it was literally the entire season summed up in three minutes.
2: Thank you for that PSA. I yeah. will watch that heading into But that is good two. for
9: people that have missed it but said, oh, well, I don't know if I want to put the time in to watch the whole first season. Now all you got to do is put in three minutes and you're so right there at season
7: it's, two. It's like the previously on Outer Banks. Correct. Yeah. Right. Okay. But for the whole season. And yeah.
10: it picks up right where season two starts. I can see where it's number one on, on Netflix because uh, uh Troy is
9: definitely uh... a.
2: <laughs> Are you being paid by the Outer Banks <laughs> no, I, production? This, company? Is a, this
9: is a non <laughs> ad. It's, I don't know. It's just something and I don't watch a lot of T V right now, I, other than sports. I'm not just I'm not around enough to watch much T V i will i do like this because you can watch around your schedule
2: and again it is a very dumb random show that somehow we both like watched and got hooked on yeah i got hooked on it because there was not a lot on during the COVID year (laughs) and we were yeah, home no a lot sports. More. yeah so i got i got hooked on
9: two shows on netflix the one was the <laughs> tiger king tiger king i, I got, think it, yeah i, got I hooked I on tiger king did. and then i was hungry for another episode and then netflix hit and i re- I mean then outer banks said I, I did not want to watch it yeah somehow it started playing like by accident the be- first oh, come on episode Don't so i started watching it and i got hooked after the first episode well
7: i went to aj's last night for sports trivia and then i got home with my food from aj's ready to sit down watch some sports highlights and my roommates in there watching outer banks so i was kind of taking over i didn't want to just force her out of the uh, living room so i just sat there and ate my food watched outer banks another here. female by the way <laughs> are any other dudes watching this <laughs> wow all right all
9: right we talked about uh kickoff being at noon for south carolina i said i wish it was a six o'clock game uh jenny watches on facebook live says Uh, 12 o'clock kickoff for South Carolina will be to our benefit because the South Carolina guys have an indoor facility and they practice in it most of the year. So she thinks they'll be a little soft coming out of that indoor facility, not ready for the heat and humidity that will most likely be a factor that day.
2: I'll take any advantage I can get.
7: That's a Cy Seymour advantage right there.
2: That's like Cy when he was on the show said, we have the advantage in the Myrtle Beach tournament against teams like Oklahoma. Because, clear, we're used to the beach. Them boys don't know about the they're, beach. They're, gonna they're be gonna going to be going down, down there vacation. on vacation. <laughs> so, side convinced Especially us. Especially
9: Myrtle Beach. Somebody hitting up the pancake house like crazy. They don't have pancake house like that out in Oklahoma. They're going to be going to Alligator
2: Adventure and all that yeah. kind of stuff. And they got a steakhouse hey, look, out there, but not the pancake any house. Any edge you can get, right, Coach? Exactly. You can take any advantage you There's can There's no get. water slides out in Oklahoma like that. <laughs> there you go. So we putt got the... putt! They're going to be all types of distractions for that Sooner team. <laughs> the golf and dolphin, or whatever. Yeah. It's, uh.
10: I, I mean, if you practiced in air conditioning? You, you're definitely right that heat is going to be a, a different beast. So, uh, like you said, I take any advantage I can get. Uh, guys might be cramping up, you know, coming out.
2: As a player, did you prefer the night to the day, or did it did it matter to you when you played?
10: It didn't matter. Game days was so easy in practice. <laughs> so we was looking forward to Saturday to get here. Yeah, so.
2: that
9: was fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's the practice that's the
10: hard part. Exactly.
2: Yeah. Any legendary uh, Connors conditioning stories? I've heard some of those over mm-hmm. the years.
10: Well, yeah, a whole lot of legendary uh, Connor stories of conditioning. When you, you have a leg circuit, leave a leg circuit, have uh, 10, uh, 10 um, uh, stadiums, which you're going up top of the stadium 10 times and you know, on the last, last opponent, the last time you're going, you, go you got to uh, Bring Piggy guy back, on your back? Piggyback on your back. And I want to say the first time I did it. Who did you have to carry? I had a, uh, uh, y'all might not know his name, but Big Nob's, uh Anthony Nobles. Oh, I remember six, eight, 385 uh, pounds. Literally guy. had
9: him on your back?
10: Had him on my and back. And you had to
9: go up the stairs? All the way up. Yikes. Jeez. And when Mm. I put them
10: down, my whole legs just started shaking. So I was like, "Oh my God, this is what this is what I'm going to be going through." First of all, I (laughs) don't know if I
9: like just picking the dude up's a lot. Like even (laughs) like in a water, like in a pool, it would be, you know. But then to go up the stairs, that's a whole other animal.
10: After you done it ten times, I you done
9: a leg circuit. So that's a heavy backpack. uh, Yeah, I'd get worn out just going up the stairs by myself. Had us prepared though. Had us prepared.
2: Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of weight training, I talked to high school coaches about this. How advanced it's become at the high school level has that trickled down at all to middle school where you're doing any kind of weights you don't want to you know kill the kids and, and make them do too much but is that part of the uh the game
10: i haven't i haven't started any weights um yeah. i'm just fortunate that you say that we we do have a new facility on board where we're going to have a gym with weights in it so i wouldn't start uh the seven six or 7th graders doing weight room but my 8th graders um i definitely have them in the um weight room Different yeah. weights
9: will that be ready for this season
10: I can't quite say. Um, I, I will hope so, yeah. but um, I don't know yet. Something I will find out next yeah. week. Yeah,
9: and because Epps did get a grant, it was one of the only schools in the in the state that got like the special grant they're going to use for. Uh, I think the some of the athletic facilities, right? Yeah,
10: yeah, it was huge. Um, it's huge. I think that's a, a good stepping stone to, to towards our athletics.
2: Right yeah. now you're just trying to get your 50 yards to practice on. It sounds like, right? Yeah, <laughs> baby steps, I guess.
10: We'll All put right, some lines out there. We we'll get them running.
2: <laughs> we got uh, one more break to take, Shirley. Let's get that in. We'll come back. Wrap up today's edition of Pirate Radio Live. Back with you after this.
0: You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Carolina Hardscapes. Making memories with your family and friends is what life is all about. If you have a dream of having a backyard patio fireplace, pool walkways, fire pits, or more, then Carolina Hardscapes is the place to call. Get started on your dreams today at Carolina Hardscapes on Fire Tower Road, across from Bostick Sun Furniture. Now, back to the show.
1: Welcome back. Taking a look at your stock market report for today. The Dow was up 271 and closed at 35,064. The NASDAQ was ahead 98 at 15,181. The S&P was also up 26 points and closed at 4,429. That's your Wells Fargo Advisors Financial Report. For a personal look into investing, call Wells Fargo Advisors today at 756-6900 in Greenville. Wells Fargo Advisors, LLC member. SIPC. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here is your host Clip Brock. Alright,
2: wrapping it up on a Thursday. Awesome show today. Troy D. Enjoyed it? Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Thank you Phoenix Evans yeah. for being here riding the whole hour, my man. All right, thank you all for having that me. It was awesome. Really enjoyed it, cool. Phoenix. Yeah. Thanks, man. And we'll, uh, we'll do it again down Absolutely. the road. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. Troy, we'll see you on Monday. Sounds good. Look forward to it. We'll uh, have plenty to talk
9: about then. And uh, Coach Evans, good luck to you this year. Leading uh, the CMX Bulldogs in your first year of head coaching. Thank you. Go Bulldogs.
2: First game, uh, did you say September 9th? September 9th. All right. There you go. And uh, Shirley Chandler, we'll see you fine folks Friday, 3 o'clock, for an all-new edition of Pirate Radio Live.
0: So long, everybody. Thanks for listening to Pirate Radio Live, an exclusive presentation of the voice of the Pirate Nation.